All right. Welcome to Zoran Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. <clears throat> Namaste. It's Friday night, right? You know what we do on Friday night? Namaste. There I am on the screen for you guys to see me. You know what we do on Friday nights? Now it's, well, alien interview, right? It really should be part 10 because we deviated last week away from that. We didn't do any of part 10, but it's part 11 because we did talk about aliens and things like that last week when Miguel came on. Um, so this week we're going to get stay on the alien track, right? However, I am going to be doing another show uh, during the week. We're trying to get one together with Miguel uh, every week with him on Tuesday. Um, I'm also going to be doing a show on Wednesday. I may integrate the two because what I want to do is I want to have a, a spiritual Q&A show where uh, you guys can ask the questions that, you know, we started asking last week here in in this and i you know because you know i'm doing that is what i do right and i and i didn't i've been trying to get uh you know a, a show doing mostly that i mean the law of one was all about spiritualism so now when i'm talking about the alien stuff people you guys are out there who are, are you know asking questions are still tuned into the spiritual aspect and and i don't, I don't want to abandon that because that's really where i want to go i just wanted to do this because no one had this. <laughs> no one, no one was knowing about this, right? And so people are just now finding out about this uh, interview, the, all this stuff. So I, you know, there's nobody on the internet doing this right now. Me, I'm the one breaking this. Okay, and the people are trying to scramble to get this and, and do it. So you know, uh, we're 11 weeks in, 12 weeks in, because I took a week off my birthday. So we're 12 weeks in. And no one else is out there talking about this interview or playing this interview, right? So at this point, it might be an Orion Rising uh, exclusive. All right, so share this out, share this out. I see you guys uh, uh, there, Denise, welcome. Reese, welcome. Uh, like I said, share this out. And, and if you're out there, you have to say something. Otherwise, I don't know you're there because <clears throat> I don't see you guys wherever you are until you say something in the chat, whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. Both those chats come in here. Okay, so I did back up just a tad, a couple of minutes uh, so I'll let that run, getting us up to, we stopped at the two hour, eight minute, 19 second mark when there was a transition in the, in the, um, uh, the uh, uh, dialogue, but I wanted to back up just a tad to cover that. Uh, and then we'll go forward. And like I said, I'm going to try and stay on topic and we're not going to do the, you know what I mean? As much as we did last week, we just went completely off topic and did all spiritualism and talked about like everything on the planet, right? Everything in history, just about. Uh, but I am going to be doing a show where it's going to be that, mostly spiritualism. And that's why Miguel and I were thinking about get, getting a show together together because he and I, you know, were both very astute uh, students of spirituality and spiritualism and all the different, uh, um, you know, Tolmans that are out there. And he's about to be ordained. And I was ordained back in, in uh, 2006 as a Christian minister. Uh, I was ordained prior to that. Back in, I think it was around 2006, I got my Jedi Knight title, which is basically the ordained minister in the Jedi uh, Council. That's in New Zealand. Um, and, you know, prior to that in the Druid way, you know, that was a birthright of Merlin because my father was a Merlin and he taught me everything, you know, but I'm not a necromancer. They kind of make Merlin exclusively in the movies, like the 1982 version, as a necromancer. And he wasn't just a necromancer. <clears throat> In fact, he was less of one there, but got the label. And in the storyline, Arthur's sister was the necromancer. And, you know, she was about that. Uh, and that's how she ended up trapping uh, him because she got the charm of making out of him. Right. Julie, welcome. 
I know, right? <laughs> need some sanity. Need a sanity break, right? Well, you know, the crazy thing is, uh, you need the sanity break, and we're going to talk about aliens, which uh, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, people wouldn't have said that's the most sane thing that we can talk about and stay away from, you know, politics, right? I mean, there were, aliens, you're nuts. I literally just got done watching. I don't know if you guys uh, watched it at all. I just got done watching the Kelly Clarkson show because Demi Lovato was on there, and Demi Lovato and her new, I guess, I don't know if it's a podcast or a show, was outside looking into trying to film like a UFO or something because she's had a couple of experiences and has kind of gone down that road. She's become very spiritual uh, and started meditating during the during the uh, lockdown. Uh, and um, she had an incident so that she went and got hypnotized to see if she could figure out what the incident was because she actually, um, aliens, some beings that were not human, came to her in her bedroom and then took her elsewhere and showed her the earth from way above and then showed the, her their planet. So, um, so she, so she is, you know, really, uh, you know, talking about it openly talking about it, which is really good because, you know, when you start having people, stars like that saying, yeah, I had an incident and this is what it was. And they're not afraid to tell the world about it. Uh, and Kelly Clarkson, even though she's scared to death of it, was you know willing to put her on the air and talk about it and not treat her like she was lost her freaking mind or something. So I like that. That helps with the rollout of all of this stuff. When you have people that have millions and millions of fans and both Kelly Clarkson, let's face it, and Demi Lovato both have millions and millions of fans, right. Of their own. So. <laughs> right, Julie said, dude, you haven't met my six year old granddaughter. And then she laughed, laugh, laugh out loud. Right. So, okay, so this, yeah, so <laughs> I agree, right? I went over to my niece's house, and and uh, she was she was bringing she adopted her wife's sister's kid uh, because they're they're like super, you know, drug addicts, and there's no way they could care for for baby Odin, which is his name by the way, Odin. Uh, and they so they went and got him from Idaho and brought him home, and they had um, a party for him for coming home. And I took my mother and went down to, to the Bay Area and went to that party. This was back in like May or June. Um, and there was like 100 kids. Right? <laughs> so it was, I was like, wow, okay. So I know what you mean, right? I get that. 100 kids were literally, not only literally 100, but there were so many kids that, that you were just looking around going, is there enough adults for all these children? Who are all these kids? They're like, somebody here has like five kids. So it was a crazy barbecue and it was fun. Don't get me wrong. But my mother at the end of it was like, oh, my God, she was so worn out. She loved it, but she was worn out because there was just so much craziness and excitement. Right. So I get you. I have a, you know, I am an uncle or a great uncle uh, now uh, uh, 38 times. So I have 38 nieces and nephews. That's not a joke. <laughs> right. I have four older sisters, one younger brother. And every single sister has, uh, has two kids. Yeah. They all have two kids each. And my brother has three. I don't have any, I have a stepson, but I don't have any children of my own. Right. Yeah. Denise is like, wow. Yeah. So <laughs> literally like 38, unless I counted wrong, I have 38 nieces and then their kids, nieces and nephews, and then their kids. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I'm 53, right. What am I now? Am I 54? I'm 54. <laughs> right. And so all my sisters are older than me. So they're all, the youngest one is uh, 56. 
I'm 54, she's 56 or 57, 57. Uh, right. And so her kids are in their thirties and the other kids are in their mid to late thirties. Some of them into their forties. So they all have kids. Right. So isn't that crazy? That's insane. And so my brother, his, he has uh, uh, two sons that don't have any children yet, but a daughter who has a son. Right. And the, the youngest, his youngest is just graduated high school and the other one just graduated college. Right. So he's just now in his early twenties to mid twenties. He doesn't have any children yet because he's, He's learning to be a nuclear physicist. Actually, I think he's learning to be a, a rocket scientist. He's going to go to work for NASA. And his brother's just as brilliant. Um, the younger brother, so he'll probably be there too. They're like Sheldon. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my son and, and his two daughters came to us in June. I'm tired, right? That happens. That does. That happens. So, but yeah, family is everything. Uh, you know, and I wish it's too bad that my father had died when he did, because he was the, he was the rock for the whole family. He died back in 86 when, when I was, when was that 18, 19 years old now? Um, but that was the last time, you know, one year later was the last time that we had everybody together. Uh, all the sisters and the brothers and everybody together since then, I, you know, I think the steam kind of was just taken out of that. And we have, we try to organize stuff and we can get, a pretty good amount of people together, but we can't seem to get all the sisters and all their kids and all that. I mean, that's a big um, chore trying to get cousins and, you know, and, and stuff all together. But, you know, if my dad was around, they would all make it because he just made it happen. It was just, this is when we're going to do it six months from now. You guys have plenty of time to plan it. If you're not here, you're not in the family anymore. And they would show up, right? Um, so that was fun. But these days with COVID, you're trying to get rid of your family because you got nothing but them the whole time, right? It's <laughs> where all locked down together, except for the ones that live across town or something, right? But I don't know. Anyway, so, but I digress. I digress, right? Right, yeah. And all of us, and Denise says, all of you are a part of my family too. And, and in truth, you know, we've all become very close. We were already, you know, I think as, a, um, you know, the internet has brought, um, you know, places like this have brought a lot of people together in ways that I don't know if we ever fathomed the internet would do, you know, uh, which is good because I get my word out to far more people now than I did when I was just trying to do venues, right? It takes a long time to get people, you know, interested in showing up to hear people talk like me, right? I mean, if you're a comedian, you can pack a house. <laughs> people want to laugh, but this kind of information is knowledge, right? And so ascending is not something that everybody goes, Woohoo, I'm down, man, because it's hard and it's real. And you have to deal with yourself. You have to go into yourself, your soul, and have that dark night of the soul. And no, most people didn't want to do it. So guess what? Now we're doing it as a human race. Everybody has to do it whether they like it or not. Now you can kill yourself. You're going to recycle and start all over. Okay, so you either punch your ticket like the rest of us and you fess up to your own shit or you're just going to start over and you will literally become one of the left behind. Right. There's your choice. And that's what that's all about. Now it's come to it. It is to it. Now you have to make that choice where before you could skate and do whatever you wanted. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. I'll make that decision at the end. Here it is. <laughs> this is the end Bo -do -do. that's a great song by the doors the doors knew what they were talking about a lot of bands did you know when i was in really quick and then we'll get into aliens when when i was in college i went to a, you know i had to take a intro to everything you know, there's nothing that you can take without an intro class first so i took my intro to philosophy and one of my buddies uh who's still friends with me by the way we just haven't talked for a long time 
Um, but we he just sent me a friend's request. I was like, hey, there's John. There's Johnny. Where you been, buddy? Um, right. I mean, we had our falling outs over over the years. We got in a fist fight once. <laughs> we did <laughs> in my house. And he tried to attack me with a first a sword. Then he had a pair of pliers. We we're drunk. Uh, and he attacked me and we fought. <laughs> I ended up knocking a tooth out of his. And I think I broke his nose. I definitely gave him a black eye. Um, but he, he brought up Bob Dylan and I, and I, and you know, I, I kind of over the years have thought, I kind of, I think I owe him an apology because I think he misunderstood, you know, it sounded like I was down talking Bob Dylan. And like I was saying, Bob Dylan wasn't cause he was saying Bob Dylan was a poet and, and you know, I was trying to explain and I, and, I, and most of the class got it, but I don't think Johnny did. I think he thought I was attacking him. Um, that, you know, uh, it, how ironic it is that there's something for everyone and that some people like my friend loves Bob Dylan and would say he's a poet and I'm not really a big Bob Dylan fan. It's hard to understand what he's saying. And, you know, and I listen to like death metal, right? but Bob Dylan always talked like he had mush mouth, like he had, you know, a mouthful of, of uh, mush and he was trying to talk, you know, while he was singing. So I had a hard time with that. So it wasn't my forte. That doesn't mean that Bob Dylan isn't a freaking genius. Right? It just means, you know, I had another person get angry with me once. And this is how I started figuring it out because they were like really big into Led Zeppelin. Well, I respect Led Zeppelin because they're really, really talented. Or they were. And however, you know, I, the, they all had picked symbols to represent themselves. And that's what I do. So I understand what the symbols are. And when I was pointing out what the symbols were to to my next door neighbor who was friends, uh, literally really good friends with my wife, she got offended and thought that I was attacking those guys. And she hated me forever after that. And I was like, I was just trying to show her that those symbols, they didn't invent those symbols. Those symbols mean what they chose. But, I, you know, and so I was trying to explain how you can tell a lot about a person by something like that when they have a symbol that they pick pick right so welcome peter hi welcome welcome um so that offended her and it's it's funny how people do that over a subject or something that they really like they get offended and triggered quickly there's my brother jeff uh, neil that's my brother in real life welcome jeff how come you're you're on for a minute that's good right he doesn't always get to, to pop on so some people really really love something and they get offended if you if you in any way um, say something that they think is negative, even though you might just be comparing that to, you know, it's not apples and oranges. It's, you know, that's their preference and they really get it. And they get the message from that singer or that band where other people don't, don't do that. Uh, you know, so, cause that's why there's so many different uh, uh, genres of music is because we're not all the same. So there's nothing wrong with that at all. Right. Everybody to each his own is, I, I think what I'm trying to say there. Right. And uh, and that that sometimes doesn't play. and We don't catch it. So it's it's, uh, you know, that I just wanted to make that uh, throw that out for the thought of the day that, um, you know, because, it, you know, when, with this whole covid thing, people just assume that if you don't want to get the shot, you automatically must be a Trump supporter because that's what the politicians are trying to paint everybody as. And that's not true. The 90 percent of the people who don't want to get the shot are actually Democrats and they didn't vote for Trump. That you can look that up. It's not a lie. Okay, so let's go ahead and and uh, get into the alien interview here. Uh, and like I said, I backed it up a couple of minutes. We stopped at the two o eight. I'm looking down at my chart over here. We stopped at the two o eight minute uh, nineteen second, and I think I took it back to two o three or something, uh, just because of the content. Once again, we'll just blow through that. So let me add this to the stream here. Uh, 
And if this is now, if you guys can't hear this right now, let me know, please, and, because I, I've loaded it. But remember, we had problems about three weeks ago. Civilization, no matter how degraded or corrupt, too, or they may be a revolutionary threat to the. So let me know if you guys actually heard that, and um, I'm going to turn my sound up a bit because he, he, that guy has a soft voice. <clears throat> And if you don't hear anything well, when I tell you that I'm playing it, please tell me because it came on and it started playing. And then just now I paused it. So I'm going to put it, I'm going to start playing again. But like I said, we had a problem with the audio uh, a few weeks ago. So, okay, Denise, you can hear it. Thank you. Good. Not just me, but the, but the actual, the, you know, the, the interview. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Social, economic, and political caste system that has been so carefully built and brutally enforced in the old empire. Biological bodies are specifically designed and designed as the lowest order of the entity of the old empire caste system. When an ISB is sent to Earth and then tricked or coerced into operating in a biological body, they are actually in a prison inside a prison. So this part she was talking about, Errol, the alien, was talking about, obviously, the prison because she just said it. And But here I wanted to point out again, and I did this last time, I wanted to point out how she says that humans are the lowest, right? The lowest of the low of biological entities. So she, again, she's taking a shot at us and saying you're the lowest slave of all slaves. In fact, you're a prisoner inside of a prison inside of a prison, right? And you're just the lowest maggot. No one cares about you. I mean, that she doesn't say that, but that's what you say if you tell somebody, well, your biological body happens to be the lowest of the low in the universe. And that's not true. And we know that not to be true because there's all kinds of aliens that have been coming here, um, you know, like the book Communion by Whitley Straber, that are, that are using our DNA as an upgrade. So we're not the lowest of the low in the universe. Okay. And we know this. So that, so that right there, what she's saying in 1947, we didn't know that other aliens were coming here to tap our DNA to get an upgrade, right? Some of the grays that have come here are actually, uh, um, yeah, right? Denise says, perfect. Let me put this up on the screen and read it for the people who are listening to the MP3 file version of this. If humans are the lowest, then why is she here to learn from us, right? If we're so, yeah, it, that's good. If we're so stuck in a prison, how come she's so eager to learn everything that there is to learn about us so she can tell stories about us and tell us how shitty we are? Good one. Good one, Denise. All right, let's 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 continue here. And like I said, share this out, share this out. I didn't share it out. I usually actually spam like Facebook with, with this. I haven't uh, since I think uh, week two just to see the difference in how much, uh, you know, uh, people pick it up. People pick it up just about the same. So thank you guys. That means you guys are spamming it as much as I was before. Right. So please share this out and um, and then it'll build, you know, on its own. I have more people pick it up on the MP3 file uh, all around the world than I do on Facebook <laughs> by far. <laughs> OK, here we go. Three, in an effort to permanently and irreversibly rid the old empire of such untouchables, the external identity, memory and abilities of every ISBE is forcefully erased. This final solution was conceived and carried out by the psychopathic criminals who are controlled by the old empire. The mass extermination of untouchables in prison camps created by Germany during World War II were recently revealed. 
Likewise, the Isbees of Earth are the victims of spiritual eradication and eternal slavery inside frail biological bodies inspired by the same kind of craven hatred in the old empire. The kind and creative inmates of Earth are continuously tortured by butchers and lunatics who are controlled by the old empire prison operators. See, now I wanted to point out again, frail, weak bodies, yet we are really, 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 really super self-sufficient. And because we're not traveling around in space, we actually have a dense body that we can build up, exercise, and make more efficient and better fighters, better at everything that she can't do. She has to be inside of a biological entity to even move around among us. So if we're so lowest of the low and we're just stuck in this lowest of the low body, why is it that we shot her ass down and we captured her ass? Right. And now we're actually we're not they're not interrogating her because she didn't allow that. Right. But my point here is, again, it's it's the Colonel Jack O'Neill from, uh, you know, who became General Jack O'Neill from the Stargate SG one uh, television programs that ended up spawning four, you know, three other um, shows out of the, the first one. And, and his attitude, and that's the attitude that I take. That's why my buddies started calling me that because I was just like him. He started calling me Colonel O'Neill because I'm just like him. My attitude is I poke the sleeping bear. I look at her and she, and I said this last time, right? Or maybe the time before last, because the last time we didn't really talk about the aliens so much, but I, I said this before, if they're so superior, then why is it that they still have to use a ship to get here? And if they're so superior, then why is her thinking and her rationality that of a 3D thinking person, in my opinion, and you guys have been listening in as well, right? Oh, Kevin says, we, we, let, me, let me see what you're, you're talking about here, here Kevin. It says, we have, we've got, we've to get eight shots. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, we have to get eight shots. Yeah, no, we're talking about eight shots now, right? <laughs> you can't just get one. You got to get eight shots, right? And they're, they're going to keep doing that. That's like the flu shot. They're trying to tie it in with that. Well, you should get it every year. Going to have to get this every year because that's, you know, and it's just a flu shot. Anyway, I don't want to go there. Let's stay away from politics, right? But I will be doing a show for that, Kevin, where we're going to be talking just like that, um, right? So so these people only have technology that is better than us. So my, my Colonel O'Neill Ness calls bullshit on their superiority. All they have is technology. That's it. She doesn't have any any uh, anything mentally. I don't see a mental prowess here that is super high and beyond anything that is human. I don't. Otherwise, she would be making comments and then saying, well, I don't know how to dumb it down to your level. So it's hard for me to figure out a meaning that your simple binary language and, com and capacity for reasoning and understanding could understand she doesn't say that at all raw did many times <laughs> right it was snarky raw right we always joked about that snarky raw would would be like well yeah no we've already talked about that please restate your query i'm not sure i understand your question right and she's just babbling on let's just continue here the so-called civilizations of earth far from the age of useless pyramids to the age of nuclear holocaust have been a colossal waste of natural resources. See, and then now she's scolding us for our history. Do you see that? Right. A, a you know, useless waste of useless pyramids. Right. Think about that. So-called civilization of earth 
from the age of useless pyramids to the age of nuclear holocaust have been a colossal waste of natural resources. So again, she's attacking us and telling us how feeble, stupid, weak-minded, and dumb we are and how we're wasting our time, our energy, and it's a colossal waste of natural resources. Right here. So here again, she's taking shots at us and trying to show how much superior they are. But when she describes how people get attacked and how they fight, it's exactly the way we do it here with conventional. So they, they got nothing on us. Jacob, welcome, my friend. I am doing well. I saw you guys' show was on last night, but I couldn't attend. I apologize for that. I wanted to, but I was I had other things that were more pressing that I was dealing with. Right. And yeah, my, my brother says I call bullshit, too. Right. So, so she's just basically making shit up. Now, Jeff, you haven't been here, so I'll, I'll say my analogy, and I know you'll agree with me because you're my brother, um, that, the, you know, from the movie, The Usual Suspects, and I tell everybody you should watch it. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. And um, Verbal Kent, and what she's doing is pulling a Verbal Kent, right? She got here. She won't let them question her, and she wanted a shit ton of books and magazines so that she could learn about our history. And then she's using all the knowledge that she's gained there to spin a yarn. And that's what verbal Kent did. He looked around the office that he was stuck in and it was a policeman's office, uh, FBI agent's office. And so they had all kinds of wanted posters and this and that, and all kinds of stuff all over the walls. And he just looked around and based his entire uh, alibi on everything he saw around him, the words, pictures, at one point, he said he looked up and there was a big fat guy playing a a, a trumpet, and uh, it was uh, it was a barbershop quartet in Skokie, Illinois. And he went, you know, I remember back when I was in Skokie, Illinois, and I was in that barbershop quartet. This guy Harry, he was this big fat guy, weighed about eight hundred pounds. He just made up an entire story to distract the FBI from a picture he saw on the wall. This is what she's. This is what Errol's doing, right? This is that's what Errol's doing here. So I wanted to because my brother's not always on here. He's usually working. And he's probably on a break right now or driving somewhere. And that's why he's able to pop on for a second. Uh, so I wanted to give him that analogy. I think I did him when we were talking because a lot of the stuff I talk about on here, I talk about with my brother either after the fact or before the fact. So he knows all this, most of this that you guys are hearing now. I probably talked to him about in the last few days. Right. <laughs> so here we go a perverted use of intelligence and an overt oppression of the spiritual essence of every single isby on the planet if the domain sent ships to every corner of the universe in search of hell their quest could end on earth what greater brutality can be inflicted on anyone than to erase the spiritual awareness identity ability and memory that is in the essence of oneself the domain has as yet been unable to rescue the 3,000 ISBs of the Expeditionary Force Battalion either. They are forced. Well, you know what we call that lady? We call that living La Vida Loca. Okay? Think about that. <laughs> right? She's like, what, what greater brutality can be inflicted on anyone to, to erase their spiritual awareness, identity, ability? Now, that's a direct attack at God and memory. That is the essence of oneself. That is that is the attack. That is the atheist attack on God. What she just said right there, right? She's trying to say no. It was other people, other races. The you know the the uh, dominion, the old race, the old uh, guard, which is the Draco, and the and some Greys that work with them, and a couple other races. 
Right. And she's saying, well, they did this to you and it's just a trap and you're just in a prison because you're just stupid enough to get caught. And you're the lowest and the weakest of everybody, but you piss somebody off because you're an independent thinker, basically. Right. You make stuff up. You, you, you paint, you write books, poetries, plays, you're politically active. You don't like people. You don't agree with everything that we try to tell you that we force you to believe. And if we don't, and then we round you up as a political dissident. If you don't, don't agree with us and we put you in this prison camp. So she says, she calls it hell. If I was going to look for hell, I would stop right there and find the planet earth. Well, you know, we always joke down here and say that if I owned hell and I owned this place, I'd live in hell and rent this one out. Right. But it's really not that bad. If you honestly think about it, the only part of this planet that is hell is us. The planet's fucking beautiful. The food here is fucking great. Right? The scenery is absolutely stunning. We're the fucking cancer. Humans. So it's not, this planet isn't hell. We are hell. Right? We are hell on anything, wherever we go. And she's doing it too. It's consciousness with an ego is what is hell. Consciousness with an ego. Egocentric people are people who are in service to self. That is considered evil in the good evil spectrum of the universe, period. There's no way of hiding around it and saying, well, there is no God, so therefore there is no evil, and we just are, and we're all different levels of Godhood. No, 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 we're not. We're different levels of spirituality, not Godhood, because you just say there is no God. That's right. My brother, you're absolutely right. Jeff says that only hell when ego is put first. Absolutely. That's what separates you from the one. That's what separates you from the creation. That's what's, and there's nothing, I, I hate that people that, that say, oh, well, you're one of the creators of creation, but there's something above you. Well, there is, but I'm not a creator God. There is no such thing as God. There is only one true creator of the universe. And if you want to put that word God uh, in front of or after that person as a title, that's okay, but nobody else stacks up to that. Nobody else, sta- there aren't demigods. Well, I'm God level 15. What are you? I'm God 33 and a half. I'm God 1 billion. Right? So that I'm, I'm better than you guys. I'm almost God, God now. That's ego. Ego counts that shit. Ego says title. Ego sets up a caste system. Ego has to have a pecking order. Good doesn't because good sees everybody as equal. You don't have to have a pecking order. Pecking order is set up by evil people to control other people. Well, this is a job. There has to be a pecking order. Not necessarily if everybody's on board and trusted to do the same thing. Ultimately, because they're evil people, you have to have that. It's a double-edged sword because if you didn't do that, evil people would rip you off. They're trying to do it anyways. Even when you have a caste system, that's why we have to have cops and we have to have, you know, uh, undercover police and we have to have secret service because evil people are doing evil shit. Okay, let's move on and listen to evil um, Errol, uh, atheist evil Errol alien trying to make us to be worse than the smallest ant on the planet and just as easily flick the side. To inhabit biological bodies on Earth. We have been able to recognize and track most of them for the past 8,000 years. However, our attempts to communicate with them are usually futile as they are unable to remember their true identity. The majority. 
Okay, she just got done a little while ago was saying, this is why I rewound this, because I realized this when I rewound it and I was listening to it. She said that they couldn't locate them, and now she just says they've tracked and located most of them for the last 8,000 years, but they can't communicate with them. She earlier on, about an hour ago, said that they can't find them, and they keep looking for them, and that's why they were here. So now she's contradicting herself and saying they already knew where they were but couldn't contact them. If that's the case, then what the hell are you doing here now? Are you trying to attempt to communicate with them again? Why don't you fly down and, and, and save them? If you know where they are, you just stated that. Why don't you fly down, grab one of them, fly out of here and return their memory? But you can't. Why? There's something to your story that's not true. There's something to her story that's not true. There's a hole in that story as big as a black hole right there. She said before, we can't find them, so we can't rescue them. And now she says, well, we've known where they are for the last six to 8,000 years, but we try to uh, communicate with them, and it's no good because their memory is wiped. But you, you know where their physical body is. You fly your little ship down there, grab their little physical body, put it on board that little ship, and fly it the fuck out of here, and worry about getting their memory back later when you have them no longer stuck in the prison, if, in fact, this is what you say it is. Extraction of your personnel would be the utmost uh, favorable thing to do by any military anywhere in the universe. They don't remember who they are. They go, we do that now. We show movies about that where people were going back to Vietnam and getting the guys and they didn't speak English anymore and they were afraid that it was a trick. But they didn't care because they knew it wasn't a trick, but the guys were scared to go with them, so they ended up having to knock the guy unconscious or tie him up and gag him and bring him along because he, would, he was trying to, to get the guards to find out that they were there to rescue him because he was completely had that stuff happen to him over and over and over to trick him. But you still get them out, and then you decommission their brain later and rehabilitate them. But they're not doing that? Why? Because her whole story is bullshit. This is not a fucking prison, because she would be breaking out. That, that military would be breaking out their people, unless in their society, they're so in service to self that they're like, hey, look, if you get caught, you're fucked. You're on your own. We won't come get you. If you get your arm shot off, we're not going to fucking patch you up. That's the measure of our resolve in our, our you know, military that you volunteer for, right? You got to be a hater to be in here and not give a fuck about anybody else. And if that's the case, they're just pure evil. So they're either pure evil, in which case they're lying about everything, or she's lying about everything and they're pure evil. There is no way around it. She wouldn't be saying, we're going to come back and help you. We're, we don't like that you're in this prison. We're trying to find a way to save you as we speak. No, we don't give a shit about you guys. Only reason we're here is because there's a good launching point for the center of the galaxy invasion. And that's what we're staging for right here in your, in your Moldek, you know, in the Kuiper belt. We stumbled on you guys. Don't give a shit. That's what she basically said, right? Let's continue. The majority of lost members of the Domain Force have followed the general progression of Western civilization from India into the Middle East, then to Chaldea and Babylon, into Egypt through Archaea. Right, Jeff? Let me put that up on the screen. That's a good one. I'll read it for those of you listening on the MP3 file. If she's so superior in their race, is so superior, right? If she is a superior race, then why, is it, why isn't she conquering our world? Right. Because because why? Agreed. That's my point. If 
if they're so superior, then then why aren't they coming down here? Oh, well, you're already stuck here and you're not getting out anyway. So we'll just come back for you later. Is was that was that was kind of what her attitude was, what she said. Right. Well, you guys are in prison. You're not getting out anyway. So we're not really in any hurry to come down here. We just wanted to let you know since I'm here and I crash landed, which was not the case. She thinks she crash landed. But in fact, I know from the CIA that they had a particle beam weapon and they were shooting alien ships down. And the one at Oswald, Roswald was them shooting it down, causing an electromagnetic lightning storm to strike the, the, the ship in hopes to screw up their electronics and have it crash, which is exactly what happened. You have to think about how quickly the military got out there. The military didn't like mobilize three days later when they heard about it. They were already on the way by the time the farmer Joe walked out in the daylight and found it. The military showed up not too long after that. Okay. Same thing happened over in Pennsylvania when, when the news reporter, uh, uh, you know, it was listening to a police report as they were tracking this, this spaceship live and it crashed. By the time they got there and it was only about 15, 20 minutes, the reporter got, was outside of town. The reporter got there and they already had the military was already there surrounding everything. The military was mobilized and surrounding this object with a five mile radius, already locking people out and escorting people out of the area. So it wasn't like they showed up after the fact. They must have known about it, tracking it, chasing it, shot it down, and went and got it. But they do it in a way that could be plausibly denied, plausible deniability. So if you shoot down an alien spaceship and, and, you, and it looks like you shot it down, when their people come looking for it and they find the wreckage or whatever, they track it, you guys shot it down. Well, no, we didn't do anything. It was a lightning storm. We just went and retrieved them and we're checking them out and seeing what was going on. Apologies, you can have them back. Plausible deniability. All right, let's continue. Greece, Rome, into Europe, to the Western Hemisphere, and then around the world. The members of the Lost Battalion and many other ISBs on Earth could be valuable citizens of the domain, not including those who are vicious criminals or perverts. Unfortunately, there has been no workable method conceived to emancipate the ISBs from Earth. Therefore, as... See, and that's bullshit, too, because earlier she just said that... <clears throat> Some of the machines have been breaking down, and that explains why humans are starting to wake up and remember past lives and remember who they really truly are. So the machine is breaking down that is that is uh, mind-wiping us, and here she says there is no plausible way for uh, anyone to help the, the ISBs stuck here. Yeah, turn the fucking machines off, and they can't re-knock us out, or re uh, apparently. Right. If all the machines were turned off or if I went out there as I died and I didn't go into the light and I didn't get caught by one of these machines, I would remember what was going on. She said that already. But now here she's trying to say there is no way to save you. So that's why we don't save you. But earlier you said the machines are breaking down and that we're starting to wake up. Never mind that now. Never mind that now, because nobody could get to ask her any questions or cross examine. So here now she's contradicting herself again. As a matter of common logic, as well as the official policy of the domain, it is safer and more sensible to avoid contact with the SB population of Earth until such time as the proper resources can be allocated to locate and destroy the old Empire Force screen and amnesia machinery and develop a therapy to restore the memory of an SB. Right. Cheryl, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for, for uh, uh, joining us. All right, so let's continue. This is pretty much where this is this is where we where we stopped right here and this is at the end of the chapter so we'll we'll go ahead and start here now it's being quiet Roswell, because it's alien interview go. chapter nine 
A Timeline of Events, Matilda O'Donnell McElroy, Personal Note. For this interview, I took written notes because Errol gave me a lot of dates and names that I couldn't possibly remember without writing them down. I didn't usually take notes, but during this lesson, I thought it was important to get the information exactly as she gave it to me. However, I discovered that my note-taking made it much more difficult for me to focus on receiving the communication from Errol. I was sometimes so distracted by my own writing that I lost the train of her thought, so I had to ask her to repeat herself several times. Errol continued to stay in communication with the communications officer on the asteroid belt station, from which she received much of this information. Since Errol was an officer, pilot, and engineer of the domain, and not a historian, she had to get this information from records of reconnaissance missions conducted by other officers of the Domain Expeditionary Force. Official Transcript of Interview, Top Secret The actual history of Earth is very bizarre. It's so nonsensical that it is incredible to anyone on Earth who attempts to investigate it. A myriad of vital information is missing from it. A huge conglomeration of non-sequitur relics and mythology has been arbitrarily introduced into it. The volatile nature of the Earth itself cyclically covers, drowns, mixes, and shreds physical evidence. These factors, combined with amnesia, post-hypnotic suggestions, false facades, and cover manipulation make a reconstruction of the factual origins and history of Earth civilizations virtually indecipherable. Any investigator, no matter how brilliant, is doomed to wallow in a quagmire of inconclusive assumptions, unworkable hypothesis, and perpetual mystery. Now, the reason for that... Right. Now, here's the thing. You know, oh, well, we do that because you're in a prison. Again, I say, now I'm going to invent a prison and you don't get to know that it's a prison and you get mind wiped. So you don't even know that you're an immortal soul and you're stuck inside of an avatar. Right. So you're in a prison inside of a prison. But yet I'm going to design the ecosystem to murder you and you have to recycle. But and now that you're recycling again, we had to create these nettings to catch you. Uh, so that you wouldn't escape and have you recycle in this body that we're going to make frail and not live very long on a planet that's super hostile because we want to torture you over and over and over and over again. And oh, by the way, we also don't want you to remember your own history that you have on the planet because that might wake you up and to get you to believe in the things that from the past or start helping you from some way to remember who you are in the past, which is happening anyways, by the way without any of that consent or help because that's what's happening because what, because we're doing it to ourselves anyways. Right. So, so that's what we're going to do. So instead of just creating a prison that you can sit in forever, like we do, that has none of that and no access to any of that. And you're actually locked down and you know, you're locked down. We're, we're not doing that to you. We're pretending that you're not in a prison and we're doing that so that you won't know that you're in a prison, but you're in a prison. And we found that that's the superior way of doing things. That is all the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. That's ineffective. That's stupid. We know all that. And if we're the prisoners and we can figure out a better way to imprison people, put them in a little teeny fucking nine by nine cell where they get fucking fed, you know, three meals a day and one hour out in the fucking yard. And then lock your ass down again and have cages everywhere. And you can't, if even if you got out of your cage, there's another cage you have to get out of. And then another one and another one and another one before you get to the fucking front door. And there's fucking guards everywhere. 
we can figure that out with our small time little PS pissant brain, but they can't figure that out on a big scale. You know why? Because this is not a fucking prison. Because if it was, then Dr. Evil set up this prison and it's a fucking joke. Right? It's fucking, uh, it's a, it's easily escapable room with two inept guards. So this is not a prison. If it was, this would be locked the motherfucker down. And it's not. Okay? So it's only a prison if you want to believe that it's a prison. Because everything here says it's a test, not a prison. Everything here says you need to grow up and become an adult so that you can think clearly like an adult so you can get out of here. Okay? It's a prison because people are making it so. Humans are keeping other humans from evolving. Why would it be necessary? Why would it be necessary if your prison works? Why would it be necessary to then talk to the prisoners and say to the prisoners, okay, look, we're going to give you statehood. You'll be the Lord of the whole planet. If you also make sure to keep them vibrating at a low level, we can't have them doing that on a high level because they'll break their conditioning. That's how well put together and well thought out their prison is that without somebody constantly beating us down, we will be able to escape. That's an easily escapable room with two inept guards. Okay. So anyone with a half of a pea brain with an IQ of above 70 is going to realize really quickly when you look at everything she's saying, this is not a prison or a penal colony. She knows it, but she's, but she's lying about it. Right. Because she's having fun. She came down here and she crashed and now she's toying with people that she considers to be beneath her because she has a really big ego and she's supposed to be 12 trillion, 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 bazillion years old and that she's just a light being, but she has a really big ego because if she didn't have a big ego, she wouldn't be talking to us the way she is hostily poking us and telling us how we're shit. Only people with egos speak to other people that way. People who are in service to others would be like, well, you know, they would talk to you like you're a child. It's kind of hard for you to understand, but I'll do the best that I can to help you to understand your question that you have here. Not you guys are useless, selfless, dogged, smallest fleck of anything there is on existence. That's a bad parent right? That's a bad parent. That's somebody who is ego driven that is talking down to somebody to try and demean them. That is a choice. You don't accidentally do that. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will add some clarification to our fragmented knowledge. What crap, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So here, let's get, right. Let's continue. Since the domain does not suffer these afflictions, having the advantage of memory, longevity, and an exterior point of view, I will add some clarification to your fragmentary knowledge of the history of Earth. <laughs> these are some of the dates and events that are not mentioned in Earth history textbooks. These dates are significant because they provide some information concerning the influences of the old empire and of the domain on Earth. 
Although I have attended several briefings by our mission control personnel on the general background of the Earth within the past few hundred years, I will rely principally on data gathered from records captured after our invasion of the old Empire Planetary Headquarters. Since that time, the Domain Expeditionary Force has tracked the general progress of events on Earth. As I mentioned, in some cases the Domain has chosen to intervene in certain affairs on Earth in order to ensure the success of our long-term expansion plans. Although the Domain has no interest in Earth per se, or the population of Isbees on this planet, it does serve our interests to ensure that the resources of Earth are not destroyed or spoiled. To that end, certain officers of the Domain have been sent to Earth on reconnaissance missions from time to time to gather information. However, the following dates and events have been extrapolated from the accumulated information in the data files of the Domain, at least those that are accessible to me through the Space Station Communication Center. 208,000 BCE the establishment of the old empire whose headquarters were located near one of the tail stars of the Ursa Major Big Dipper constellation of the... I also wanted to point out once again that she used the term BCE in 1947. I don't believe we were using that term yet. Because I remember a time when I was born in 1967, I remember a time when it wasn't being used and it was BC. And then it started being used BCE, and I was like, what is that? And that's when I realized people were trying to be non-religious uh, non, uh, oriented, and BC was invented by the Christians, the Catholics, as a matter of fact. And BC meant literally, you know, before Christ. And so then they changed it to BCE, before Common Era. Okay, but that didn't happen back before 1947, as far as I know. And she was in America then because was, she was at Roswell, New Mexico. So she used the term BCE here again, and I don't believe that was being widely used then, but I may not be accurate on that. That's just going from what I recall, because I recall a time when we didn't say BCE. Right, Julie, thank you. Julie says, yep, I remember that too, BC, not BCE. Okay, so she's using a, a vernacular that wasn't used for another 30 years or more, maybe another 40 years. That says something, too. I'm not sure what, <laughs> but it says something. Galaxy. The old Empire invasion force conquered the area with nuclear weapons sometime earlier. After the radioactivity subsided and the cleanup and restoration were completed, it received the immigration of beings from another galaxy into this galaxy. Those beings set up a society that kept going until about 10,000 years ago when it was superseded by the domain. Very recently, Earth civilization has come to resemble aspects of that civilization now that it has fallen out of its immediate control. In particular, the appearance and technology of transportation such as planes, trains, ships, fire engines, and automobiles, as well as what you consider to be modern or futuristic architecture which emulate the design of buildings in the major cities of the old empire. Before, Okay, so earlier she said there was nothing that could be done to reset our memory in any way, yet, yet, she's claiming that all of our technological advances between 19, for, between 19 uh, or 1890 and now, or 1890 and 1947, are attributed to us remembering the old guards technology. Do you see how, how now she's contradicting herself again? 
here she's saying that we're starting to remember an identity and we're creating things that resemble things that were outside of earth, but yet we're all supposed to be having amnesia completely. And then we have the, the guards who are the crazy rich in the elite who are keeping us even crazier. So we're so that we won't remember that yet. We as an entire species are now starting to emulate the technology of the era that we actually live in. But she doesn't say what attributes that, right? Let's see. 75,000 BCE, the domain records contain very little information about the civilizations on the continental landmasses of Atlanta and Lemur, except to note that they did coexist on Earth at more or less the same time. Apparently, both civilizations were founded by remnants of electronic space opera cultures who fled from their native planetary systems to escape political or religious persecution. You notice she likes to call a different societies an electronic space opera? Have you noticed that? Like it's a fake drama of some kind? The domain knows that a long-standing edict of the old empire prohibits unauthorized colonization of planets. Therefore, it is possible that their destruction was caused by police or military forces who pursued the colonists as criminals and destroyed them. Although See, now here, this is her speculation, right? The domain knows that long-term standing edict of the old empire prohibits unauthorized colonization of planets. Therefore, in my opinion, she didn't say that, but that's her opinion is what's coming now. It is possible that their destruction was caused by the police or military forces who pursued the colonists as criminals and destroyed them. But she doesn't know because it's not written in their history books. So that means nobody knows. But her assumption is, well, they were destroyed. Obviously, it must have been a superior race that did it. Right? Because they weren't supposed to be down here, but yet they were here, so they got taken out. Right? But that's not what happened. Had nothing to do with the military force. If you've ever read the Emerald Tablets of Thoth or, or Toth or Thoth, depends on how you pronounce it. Right? Tomatoes, tomatoes. You'd understand that, right? If you've ever read the Emerald Tablets, it's talked about in there and that the Atlanteans tampered with the charm of making, the three, the six, and the nine. They, cha they tampered with that. And because they did, they accidentally stopped the earth from, from rotating. And then, of course, the mantle continues to float with inertia, right? So, therefore, the crust rides the wave like a surfboard and continues to move with inertia, which is devastating to the planet because everything was in balance before. And everything smashes into everything. And what? You're going to have super volcanoes popping off. You're going to have the Earth flip over on its axis. All of this happened. We know this to be true. It's all been written down, witnessed. Earth flipped over on its axis, then flipped back up on its axis, and it's still wobbling to this day to prove that that happened. Okay? So I'm not thinking that this, this military force with all their might came down here and said, oh, we have to smite those, those uh, carpetbaggers. Those people are, are squatters. They're on our land. Okay, well, just, you know, 
stop the rotation of the planet and flip it over on its axis and back up on its axis. And that'll pretty much knock all the fleas off the place and <clears throat> kill just about everybody else too. But wait, now we got to catch all those souls and make sure they don't get away. Cause this is the best idea that my moron mind could come up with, right? Because we, we'd have to catch all the souls, the billions of souls or millions or trillions or whatever at the time, uh, souls that are on the planet to mind wipe them again, to replant them. But I think that's a great idea. You think that's a great idea, Bubba? Yeah, it's a great idea, pal. Let's do it. Or we could land down there and blow up just those people, catch their souls, and keep them here too. Right? But that's not what happened. Okay, so they weren't hunted down by cops and killed. They were dumbasses, and they were experimenting with something they shouldn't have been, which is where our scientists are trying to go now. But at this point, they're kind of in the observation stages. They're not really playing and tinkering with it so much. And those who are trying, those who are like me who know about it, leave their little party and don't let them finish playing with it. Okay? Otherwise, things like the Philadelphia experiment happens when stupid people are in charge and you, and you wink out a ship and then bring half the crew back inside the bulkheads or in, up, you know, between the floors. Because your dumbass didn't take the time to anticipate the fact that when you were there in this wave superposition state, if you then decided to move, the ship's not moving, but you are, and you're disoriented, and then they bring you back at a certain time. Everybody's been walking around. They don't know where they're standing, and they could be standing. That's what happened in the Philadelphia experiment. Not just a movie, real life. Right? Okay. Well, this seems a likely supposition. No conclusive evidence exists that explains the complete destruction and disappearance of two entire electronic civilizations. Yeah, yeah. Wait now, now let's refer to the law of one. <clears throat> yes. One, the Atlanteans destroyed themselves. So their, their, civilization, their people are still here. <clears throat> their descendants of their people are still here. We haven't proved it 100%, but I'm almost positive that the Atlanteans are the elongated skull people because they put themselves in charge of the entire planet after Atlantis disappeared, which was where they were ruling the planet from at the time. Anyways. Okay. So I believe that now the other race of people that he's referring to are the ones that were over in South America. And we know from raw who 40 years later, right? 35 years after Errol here, raw is telling, <clears throat> is telling all of us that they ascended. That's how they just disappeared. There was no sign of struggle. There was no sign of a fight. There was no sign of some aliens showing up and, and shooting people and capturing people and taking them away. There was no signs of anything like that. And people look at those things like a cop would a crime scene. When they're excavating, they look at the place as if it's a crime scene. It's the ultimate crime scene. What does this place tell us about the people who lived here and where they went and, and what happened to them? Okay, and, and I know this because as a scientist, that's what you do. And I've read people's investigations and talked to people who are archaeologists and how they investigate. They even go to the surrounding areas to see if the people migrated and integrated into the areas surrounding this big city or whatever. And they didn't, they found the entire population did not integrate. There was two in South America and Central America that did not integrate in anywhere. They just disappeared. Okay. No violence, just gone. There's other places where there is violence and people missing. 
Okay, but that's not it. All right. So she doesn't know how they how that happened because again, she's an atheist. She doesn't believe in in the universal mindset. She doesn't believe in the universe as a whole, as a as a one, as a creation, as a as a one you know entity. She doesn't believe in any of that. So she can't fathom the idea that those people disappeared because they ascended. They went to a place she can't go to because she's evil and in service to self. And so are all her little compadres, probably not 100% of them. Unfortunately, good people get caught up with evil everywhere because evil needs them to be around so they can use them as victims, right? Because otherwise you have one evil person and another evil person fighting it out for who's the superior evil person. Somebody has to be the victim. So they create that, right? Another possibility is that a massive submarine volcanic eruption in the region of Lake Toba in Sumatra and Mount Krakatoa in Java caused the destruction of Lemur. The floodwaters caused by the eruption overwhelmed all the land masses, including the highest mountains. Survivors of the destruction of the civilization, the Lemurians, are the earliest ancestors of the Chinese. Australia and the ocean areas to the north were the center of the Lemurian civilization and are the source of the Oriental races. Both civilizations possessed electronics, flight, and similar technologies. Of okay, so now she just said that Australia was the beginning of an Oriental race. There is no one in Australia. The Aborigines do not look Oriental at all. In fact, they're very dark, but they look European. The Denisovans look European. The Aborigines of Australia look European. They're not, they're not Chinese in culture. Ne neither are the Aryans in the north. They were also alive at that time. That was already explained, but not now, not 1947. Come forward in time to like 2012 or so, in, in Stephen and Evan Strong, working with scientists uh, all over the world, Australian scientists, and, and everywhere else in the world, they talk about that. That's that's the, their theory of, of the evolution of the planet. Because everybody said, all, you know, all of evolution came from Africa. She's claiming that all of us have now came come from Chinese people. I don't have any Asian blood, nor do I have any African blood in my DNA. I went to Ancestry.com and tested my DNA. I have none. Okay? So, therefore... I and everyone else that is of the European descent, unless they have bred with these races, do not have that DNA in them. So where did we come from then? Do you understand? All of my DNA comes from Europe, Northern, Western, and Southern Europe, except for 2%, which comes from Native American in Baja, California, that region. And that comes from my grandmother's side because my grandmother was, was half. You couldn't tell it because she looked German, but she was actually half uh, native. Her sister looked native. My Auntie Cora was brown, dark, leathery skin. She looked like she was a Native American Indian. But her own sister was a towhead, blonde, blue eyes, looked like she was German because her father was very German. So they had recessive genes on either side. Right, most of my sisters are dark skinned. 
And if they're not, they get dark when it's the summertime. My brother is creamy. He's had, he looks white, but he looks a little bit darker than normal. I have freckles and pale skin. I'm the recessive. Right? I look very European. My sisters look very native. <laughs> right? Came from the same father and the same mother. Well, the three older sisters was a different mother, but we all came with the same father. Right? So here again, she's making shit up. Space opera cultures. Apparently, the volcanic eruption expelled such a significant mass of molten rock that the resulting vacuum beneath the crust of Earth caused great areas of the land masses to sink below the oceans. The now, what she's saying here is true. Okay? This part, what she's saying, is true. And I'm sure this is the deluge that they talk about in all the cultures that wiped out nearly the entire civilization on the planet. Absolutely, 100%. Right? Right, Julie, I'm 100% glow-in-the-dark British, Scottish, Irish, and North, Northwestern Europe. No melanin history. Right, me too. I'm close to that, right? <laughs> I literally, I'm like 80% um, uh, Irish, British, Scottish, and then I'm like 20% um, um, Scandinavian, for crying out loud. Right. <laughs> it's not exactly those numbers because yeah, there's a 2% uh, Greek Roman and a 2% native in there. So you got a 4%. So however you figure that out. So it's not 80, 20, right. I think it's 80, 15 and then 4% give or take a percent with the other two with the, and that's just because obviously my people were Wodes, right. Living near Hadrian's wall. Somehow I got some Roman Greek Roman blood. So that means we're, that's the South, right. Southwest that's England, Ireland, Scotland, right? <laughs> Wales. And, and that area was butted up against Hadrian's wall to this day. <laughs> right? And Peter's laughing because Peter is a Gale. He's, he is uh, from Ireland. <laughs> so he knows he's Southern Viking, same thing. Right? So he gets it. So we were growing, you know, we, we grew up, our DNA grew up near, like usually, near Hadrian's wall. Right? And so then you got the Northwestern Europe as well, just like, just like me with a Scandinavian. See, and then you got the Cherokee. You guys got here. Cheryl says, I'm British, Swedish, and Cherokee Indian. So you guys got here in the, in the 17, 1800s, probably the 1800s, right? Because you have some age, you have some Cherokee in you. So you were, so you were, so you got your people got here then. My people got here right around then. Same thing. I didn't get Cherokee, and I don't know what my, what my uh, Indian uh, 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 clan is, but it was for the, from the Baja area. And so I don't know what that, you know, what Indians, natives lived there. So what they called themselves. I could probably look it up. Right. So we got here around the same time. We got here in the 1800s. Right. We never owned any slaves. We got here and moved west and, and, and you know, got here, came in through Boston and moved out west and Pennsylvania through my mother's side and moved out west. My grandfather moved out west. Both my gran grandfathers, actually, my great grandfather on my father's side moved out west. My grandfather on my mother's side moved out west. He grew up in Cory, Pennsylvania, got a job with the railroad, the Pacific Railroad, Southern Pacific Railroad, and ended up out here in California working the Southern Pacific Railroad his whole life until he retired. 1700s. See, that was when the same thing with my, um, with my great, you know, great, great grandparent who got here from Ireland. It was in the 1700s. That was on my dad's side. And then in the 1800s on my mom's side, they got here about 100 years later. So it was a generation later, right? And that's where my, my grandparents met on both sides because of that. 
my grandmother on my mother's side, their, their family were loggers. And I think her, her father or her grandfather owned a logging company in California. So when she came out here, she ended up the city at the time was San Francisco. So she ended up going to San Francisco for, for something. They were partying at a dance. And my grandfather, who was working the Southern Pacific Railroad out of Oakland, went to the city. And that's how they met at a dance. <laughs> right? Isn't that crazy? Okay. And then they ended up settling in the East Bay. And then and that's how my my uh, father's, my grandfather and my and my uh, great-grandfather were already in the East Bay. They, they, my great-grandfather came out here from Boston and was in um, Dublin, California, and, and living there and uh, was a, an accountant. And that's where he met his wife who got off the boat <laughs> from Ireland. And then his son, uh, um, you know, was my grandfather met his wife who was half native, half Irish. Okay, here we go. Continental areas occupied by both civilizations were covered with volcanic matter and then submerged, leaving very little evidence that they ever existed except for legends of a global flood which prevail in every culture of the earth and for survivors who are the genus of the oriental races and cultures. That kind of colossal volcanic explosion. Yeah, and Denise, a lot of a lot of the Italians came in that way too. They went either through New York or Pennsylvania, and then they ended up uh, heading out west. Same thing. Pennsylvania seemed to be, uh, um, and um, seemed to be another jump off point, like New York was. Right? It was like the Italians and the Irish. Well, you know, they, they, usually the Italians were from New York and then came here. So uh, it's weird that they, they were Italian and went to Pennsylvania because that's where all the Irish are, and then they all came here as well. So. Right. So, I mean, that's just kind of the two places that everybody came on board America or they came in the other way and got off the boat in San Francisco. But mostly it was still through the East Coast and they trekked across the United States after that. It's cheaper to land on the East Coast and then and then walk or take a train or, or literally take a wagon train and go across the frontier and, and uh, get here than it was to try and fly all the way down around the horn because it was still dangerous going around the Matterhorn of South America to get here. So we didn't have Panama yet. <laughs> we didn't have the Panama Canal yet. All right, here we go. Ocean fills the stratosphere with toxic gases, which are carried around the whole planet. The usual refuse of these volcanic eruptions can easily cause a rain that lasts 40 days and 40 nights due to atmospheric pollution, as well as an extensive period during which radiation from the sun is deflected back into space and causes global cooling. Sir See, now here she's telling a little truth with many lies, right? She's explaining actual truth about what happened and what does happen, right, to fit her narrative at the moment. But it did happen. That did happen exactly the way she said, and that's exactly the, what does happen from a, a global killing, uh, you know, uh, super volcano, right? If the super volcano in Yellowstone National Park in the United States popped off the way it did 300,000 years ago, this event she's describing would be unfolding right now. And we would be down to few, just like what happened 70,000 years ago at the event she's talking about now, approximately 70 to 75,000 years ago, right? And the only reason that I know all about that is because I know Stephen and Evan Strong, and I've had them on my show, and I've talked to them uh, off air as well, and I've heard the entire story of the, that they based all of their investigation on, right? Trying to figure out if everybody came out of Africa and why is it that there's certain peoples that don't have any African blood because Africa may have before that 
had pretty much most of the population, but the only people who survived this deluge from the super volcano were the Aborigines in Australia, the Aryans up in the far north, and the Asians up in the far north because they were high enough up living in the ice fields because at that time we had a, a you know a, a, a ice age. And the ice age was melted by this global, uh, uh, you know, uh, explosion. But then it cooled, and so then then you had a, a mini ice age, which is all that that has been tracked in in history. So we already know about all of that. We know that it really did happen that way, and that was the flood, the deluge, that all of the people that were afraid of the dark said God was angry with the humans, so He decided to to cast them out with a deluge and kill everyone because they were so wicked. It had nothing to do with that. That was written by people. It was a, this was an event that just happened. Shit happens on a planet in a universe where shit just happens. That's what happens. <laughs> Is it a plan, a design <clears throat> put in to do that, to set to reset uh, people at a certain time period or stage? Or, or, you know, we don't know the answer to that yet. That's why this works for her little theory where people can say, well, nope, there's the proof there is no God. It just happened and all of a sudden got, got wiped out. Or, or God used that. I mean, it was weird that Moses needed a volcano to erupt right at the exact time when he had to prove to people that God existed and everything that the, happened because of the volcano was what God was telling Moses was going to happen. Moses had no way of knowing that there was a volcano that erupted. Once the, the thing started happening, the Romans investigated. I'm sorry, not the Romans, the Egyptians, investigated. Ramses II sent people to find out why these things are happening because he didn't believe that it was his God. And they were like, well, we found that there was a volcano that erupted, and this is the stuff coming downstream from the volcano. And all the locusts and all that stuff would be doing the same thing. Right? But it's weird that all of those things happened at the exact moment when Moses said, now fire will rain down from the sky because God told me so. And fire rained down from the sky because they had acid rain that caught fire. The river shall turn to blood. Well, it did that because of the, all of the mud that came out of the volcano. It was red. But he didn't have any way of knowing that. So did they write about all this stuff afterwards? That's a possibility. They could have written it after the fact and said, God put those plagues on, on the Egyptians, not Moses. But, but And then they wrote the narrative that, so, you know, so that means that story would have been bullshit if it was written that way. We don't know the answer to that, right? So that's what, that's people's atheist ideology of an argument towards these things. Well, there is actually something you can explain away as natural causes that had nothing to do with a God. And since this was written after the fact, people could have said the 40 days and 40 nights was God's way of, of killing off all the humans. That's what happened. We'll put that down. Certainly such. We don't know the answer to that. I don't believe that that's the answer, but it is possible. So I think that's just the 50-50. You have to believe what you want to and choose to. And that's what we're here to do. Since I know that we're here to do that, to make those choices when something like that happens, and you have somebody go, well, you have to have faith. What that, I mean, the truth is you kind of do. You either believe this story or you don't. And each one of us has to make up our own mind. As to that, same thing with what Errol here is talking about. Some of you might be thinking, I'm out of line, and she's telling the gospel. But I'm pretty sure most of you guys who listen to this are pretty much on the same page as me, right? We're all on point here. An event would cause an ice age, extinctions of life forms, and many other relatively long-term changes lasting thousands of years. Which did Due happen. to the myriad types of naturally occurring global cataclysmic events which are indigenous to Earth, it is not a suitable planet for habitation by ISBEs. 
In addition, there have been occasional global cataclysms caused by ISBEs, such as the one that destroyed the dinosaurs more than 70 million years ago. That destruction was caused by an intergalactic warfare, during which time Earth and many other neighboring moons and planets were bombarded by atomic weapons. Atomic explosions cause atmospheric fallout, much like that of volcanic eruptions. Most of the planets in this sector of the galaxy have been uninhabitable deserts since then. Earth is undesirable for many other reasons, heavy gravity and dense atmosphere floods, earthquakes, volcanoes, polar shifts, continental drift, meteor impacts, atmospheric and climatic changes, to name a few. What kind of lasting... So where does she live then? In a bubble? Underground? I mean, think about that. Oh, I wouldn't live there, man. It's pretty scary. You guys have fires and floods and horrible shit, man. Some pretty shit. If you guys are going through down, anything could happen. You don't even know. A mosquito could bite you and you could die, man. I don't know how you guys survive here. So the planet's trying to kill us a million ways, yet every time we die, we escape, and we have to be caught and put back here. So who the fuck designs a penal colony that is the most harshest environment and and puts us on it in a body that can be killed by everything? 400 million different things can kill you every day, but yet this is a prison that we're trying to lock you in. But ha, 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 we're putting you in this body that's going to torture you by you dying over and over and over. Oh, shit. Now we got to do something about catching them as they're trying to run away. Quick, build machines and put them out there in space. So, And, and, and what if they, boss, how many machines do we need? What if they go east? Oh, all right, put one in the east. What if they go west? Well, then, all right, put one in the west. Okay, then go ahead and put one in the north and the south. Is there gaps? Yeah. Now we have northeast, north by northeast, west, west by northwest, south, south by southwest, south by east, west. So, you know, all the way around the board. But we don't have that completely in, in a bubble all the way around us. Again, easily escapable dungeon with two inept guards. Ergo, not a fucking prison. Okay? Not a fucking prison. We want to torture them so bad that we want them to die at every fucking turn, man. But now we got to capture their souls again. Hope we get them all, round them up, and then mind wipe them and put them back down there. Stay, stay. But we're going to design it on the most harshest planet that's going to kill them off really fucking fast with a million different ways of, of you dying. Not a prison. Not a prison. A prison would be Valhalla. Valhalla would be the fir- the perfect prison. And, and I don't know if you guys know about that, with the Viking heaven, if you, you die in combat, you go to Valhalla, where all day long you wake up in the morning and you party and you screw and you get drunk and you eat all kinds of food and you laugh and tell jokes and that's all you do all day. And then when the sun goes down, you murder each other in combat till everybody's dead except for the people who maybe survive. Then you go to sleep and everybody else dies and your body heals while you're sleeping and you wake up in the morning and you're perfectly normal again with no scar tissue, nothing. And you're aware that you fought on died and now you're reborn and you get to eat and party and screw and, and laugh and tell jokes. And then you get to be hacked to pieces again and you get to feel all that. And then you wake up in the morning and go, that was a fucking crazy dream, dude. I, I, you cut my head off. You know, now that happened, bro. You pissed me off. Remember, we were playing cards yesterday, and you cheated, so I hacked your head off last night. Yeah. 
Yeah, sorry, brother. No, no hard feelings. I'll let you. Yeah, Groundhog Day. It is kind of like Groundhog Day. Cheryl said kind of like Groundhog Day. But that's what Valhalla is. Elysium was the same for the Romans. Right? And now, you know, so if, if you think about that, that's a prison. There's no escape. You're stuck there. You get to screw and debauch all you want. But at the end of the day, you get hacked to pieces for it. Go through that pain and agony of your body parts chopping off and you dying in horrible, agonizing pain. And then you wake up in the morning, let's party, dude. Let's go and do it again. <laughs> I love getting hacked up. This time, start on my toes and hack off the pinky one first so that I can savor all of the destruction you're doing to my body. Right? I mean, come on. That's a prison. This is not a fucking prison. This is a prison of the mind not constructed by other beings. This is a prison of the mind created by the mind, created by us as a test, not as a prison. It's only a prison if you never notice that it's not a prison. That's how easy it is to get out of Groundhog Day. When in that movie, which was a great movie, by the way, in truth, when Bill Murray realized it was Groundhog Day, he wanted it to keep happening because he was in love with the girl and he wanted to find out how what he could do right. And he knew that he, every day, if he just let it happen, it would be fine until he solved the problem. Once he solved the problem, didn't you notice it was miraculously over? That's because the first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. He wanted the trap to stay there until he figured out. He stayed in that perpetual Groundhog Day until he figured out how to win her love. Then he did it. And then he went forward with life. So Groundhog Day for him was heaven, not hell. So it's not really a prison because once you realize that you're doing it over and over, it becomes a dream and you wake up. Wait, I've done this. That's what this life is supposed to teach you. The same thing. You're supposed to be doing these things over and over and having them put in front of you over and over until you see them and you solve the problem. And then you wake up. It has nothing to do with you being mind wiped because of maliciousness. You're being mind wiped out of love because it allows you to then not have any pre-assumptions about anything. We keep, yes, Denise says we keep coming back until we get it right. That's exactly it. The average life expectancy takes us about 10 lifetimes before we get it right. That's the average here on earth. Seven to 10. Some people do it quicker. Some people do it a little bit longer, but the average is 10. So you're going to be here for 10 lifetimes no matter what. Once you start, once you realize you're a soul, once you become conscience, conscious, and that you have a consciousness, I am. I am thinking, therefore I am, right? I think, therefore I am. That was a famous quote by a famous philosopher. Once you do that, you get born on this planet as a human because that's what 3D life is here. And I'm talking about dimensional life, right? And I, and I should probably, uh, because dimension is a place and density is, a, is an existence, right? So one's spiritual and one is a physical you know, this body is in a three-dimensional space. It's, it is the third density. It's a dense body, you see. So you can have 3D, 4D, 5D, because like five, 3D, 4D, and 5D, like now when people are talking about 5D, 
that's spirituality. When you when you become spiritual, that's where you where you move into that range of a new uh, new dimension. Because if you're just a three dimensional person, you're just the person that's in this avatar, and you don't know that you're anything above that. The fourth dimension is the realization that there is something more than and more to you than just this body in this in this avatar. And then as you then look into that, that's where you ascend into the fifth dimension spiritually. But your body that you're in, this avatar, is still in 3D reality, third dimensional reality. Okay. So that's kind of the difference between that. It's it's kind of the same, but the density is a spiritual term, but it's also the the, the denseness of your body. And then the dimension is the place, right? Unfortunately, we call them both like 3D for third dimension. And then we say fourth dimension, fifth dimension, but it, it, it really is referred to as density. Either way, it's still the same ascension through the same octaves. But it is possible to be in the third dimension, which is where this avatar is, and for my spirituality to be in the fifth. It is, right? It is, because that's just what's happening. I don't think it moves as quickly as people think, but I, I could be wrong. I think I think that the fourth dimension is the awakening of the spirituality. Um, I think the fifth dimension is, is because I'm told that the fifth, that density, is about love. So when you go from understanding that you are something more than this avatar, that's the fourth dimension. And I think then when you start to get into the dimension of love, that's when you start into the fifth. And can that happen here? Yeah, absolutely. Jesus was just all love right i'm reading what peter said here can we go back to sleep we die and when the sun comes up we awaken within the night within the new dawn right that's the the cycle of life right so so i'll put that up and i'll reread that right so he he says can we go to sleep but that's because he's uh, peter is speaking into his phone and his phone threw that word in there we go to sleep we die. And so what he's saying is at night when the sun goes down, that's the perpetual death and resurrection, right? You have you have that cycle, the cyclical uh, sun chasing the moon across the sky. For this goes back into really deep history where they everything was a spiritualism to them. So the sun would then die at night and the and the the dark sky, the moon, the stars would come out and we humans would go to sleep. We still do it. We're acclimated to to most of us to daytime activity. We go to sleep when the sun comes up, which is the life bringer, the light bringer. That whole thing is a is a, and then we wake up, and then what? All the plants come awake too, and they take life from the life giver. This is why the metaphor where people say, "Oh, people worship to the sun." Well, they did because the sun is the perpetual god, right? The sun. Is is the life giver, the life bringer, the light bringer, the knowledge bringer, and then nighttime is is the underworld. It is death. Everything goes dormant and hides. Humans lay down and go into hibernation until the light, and then we get back up just like everybody else, and we stretch and we feel good and we start our day. That is the is the cycle that they're trying to teach us. And I love that you brought that up the way you did, Peter. You always are like that. That's why I love my friend Peter. Because he understands things on a level that you guys don't know. That's why I'm trying to get him back on the air. 
<laughs> Peter, when when Peter talks, it makes me, I just shut up because he makes me look like I don't know what I'm talking about, guys. Wait till we get Peter back on the air here, and I can't wait for that. That's why I wanted to talk to you before, but I, I didn't have time. Peter, remember I said that to you last week? It's just been a crazy week for me, so I didn't have time to talk to you, but I will. I promise, my friend. Um, I'll, I'll talk so we can talk about that stuff and get you back up here. Because you and I haven't talked for a while, right? That's what I said last time. And then I'm sorry that I didn't get a chance to actually speak to you personally in the last week. But I'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get that hammered out, brother. Um, so I'm glad that you come to the shows because then you you hear me and you interact and then people get to see and read and hear some of the stuff that you're saying. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, so, I, that, so that is that is in our face trying to show us the, the cycle. Then the cycle of the planet that we're on, the 364 and a quarter day cycle and the cycle of life and death here on the planet is the same. It's just on a larger scale. So the so the so the quantum scale. Right. So, so you're looking at the macro and the in the in the in the uh, the micro. So so the micro would be a 24 hour cycle, a diurnal cycle a day. And then the macro would be the would be the year. And then further from that, you say. Right. So now that we're, we're at the macro, we go even higher up from that, you know, as as to uh, the our son uh, in 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 um, relationship to the Milky Way. And how long it takes us to make an entire rotation back to the same point. That does happen. Right. So then, but that's like the 33,000 year cycle that the uh, Aztecs were talking about. Or was it the Mayans? Right. With their calendar. Or whatever it was, the 33, I think it was 33,000, whatever it was, the 333,000 years or whatever it is. That's, that's us going from one rotation around the center of the universe, around the Milky Way. Or the entire Milky Way spinning once on its axis, just like the Earth would go uh, around the sun. Do you understand? And and so that's what that every one of those little cycles are there to, as you ascend in your knowledge, first you recognize the sun as the life bringer. And then as you go further and you recognize the, the sun itself, then you recognize that, that the sun's not revolving around the earth or earth's revolving around the sun. You've moved up in your understanding of the universe. And then at some point we, as a human race, realize that our sun is also rotating around the Milky Way. And now we believe our Milky Way is rotating around a much larger body and that there are billions of universes out there. Not just billions of planets in the Milky Way galaxy, but Milky Way galaxies, billions of galaxies like the Milky Way that are out there that are also rotating around some central point. We haven't ascended to the awakening of the knowledge past that to realize what that central point is and if there's something bigger than that, that that's rotating around. We're not ready for that yet. It's beyond our capacity for rational thought. Do you understand? Okay. In civilization, could any sophisticated culture propose to develop in such an environment? In addition, Earth is a small planet of a rim star of a galaxy. This makes Earth very isolated geographically from the more concentrated planetary civilizations which exist toward the center of the galaxy. These obvious facts have made Earth suitable for use only as a zoological or botanical garden or for its current use as a prison, but not much else. 
before 30,000 years BCE. Earth started being used as a dumping ground and prison for Isbees who were judged untouchable, meaning criminal or nonconformists. Isbees were captured, encapsulated in electronic traps, and transported to Earth from various parts of the old empire. Underground amnesia stations... Bullshit, but we'll let her talk. ...were set up on Mars and on Earth in the Renzori Mountains in Africa, in the Pyrenees Mountains of Portugal, and in steppes of Mongolia. These electronic monitoring points create force screens designed to detect and capture ISBEs when the ISB departs the body at death. ISBEs are brainwashed using extreme electronic force in order to maintain Earth's population in a state of perpetual amnesia. Further population controls are installed through the use of long-range electronic thought control mechanisms. These stations are still in operation, and they are extremely difficult to attack or destroy, even for the domain, which will not maintain a significant military force in this area until a later date. The pyramid civilizations were intentionally created as a part of the ISB prison system on Earth. The pyramid is alleged to be the symbol for wisdom. However, the wisdom of the old empire on planet Earth is intended to operate as part of the elaborate amnesia trap consisting of mass meaning, and mystery. These are opposite to the qualities of an immortal spiritual being which has no mass or meaning. An isbi is solely because it thinks that it is. Mass represents the physical universe, including objects such as stars, planets, gases, liquids, energy particles, and teacups. The pyramids were very, very solid. What was that last part? She said energy particles and teacups? What? Let's, let's, let's see what, the, what she said here. <laughs> I'm not seeing it. It must have been on the other page, right? Including objects such as stars, planets, liquids, emergency particles, and teacups. She did say that. And teacups. <clears throat> Mass represented the physical universe, including objects such as stars, planets, gases, liquids, energy particles, and teacups. That must have been lost in translation. That's odd. I never caught that she said teacups until right then. And I was actually meditating on what she was saying. And so I was very, very seriously listening to her words. And I, and I opened my eyes. Wait a minute. What did she just say? Did she say teacups? I had to read the, the thing she did, right? The pyramids were very, very solid objects. Let's continue. Solid objects, as were all the structures created by the old empire. Heavy, massive, dense, solid objects create the illusion of eternity. Dead bodies wrapped in linen, soaked in resin, placed inside engraved golden coffins, and entombed with earthly possessions amid cryptic symbols create an illusion of eternal life. However, dense, heavy physical universe symbols are the exact opposite of an isbi. An isbi has no mass or time. Objects do not endure forever. An isbi is forever. Meaning. False meanings prevent knowledge of the truth. The pyramid cultures of Earth are a fabricated illusion. They are nothing more than false civilizations contrived by the old empire, mystery cult. cult. See, now, originally here again, this is her taking shots at this ideology. And, and I'll explain why. Most of you may already know why. Okay. 
So <clears throat> she's false gods, false ideologies. But, but here's the thing. She's now here's her lie. Here's her lie, right? False meanings prevent knowledge on the truth. The pyramid culture on earth was a fabricated illusion. They are not more than false civilizations contrived by the old empire. So what she was saying is that before we were mind wiped so that we wouldn't remember the old empire ways so that we, so they would not allow us to have anything on the planet that resembled our, or wherever it was that we came from. She said that she claimed that early on yet. She keeps going back when she needs to, she keeps going back and saying, well, that was one of the old empire things that you guys were uh, realizing. So now she's claiming, now she's claiming that, that, the one true God ideology, because through the law of one, right, we realize, and this is also in, true in history, and I'll explain that. Through the law of one, they, they claimed, Ra claimed, that they came here to earth, and they're the ones who built the pyramids. And the pyramids were put here uh, not as a weapon, not as a whatever, but it was there for a spiritual guidance. And you would go into the pyramid so that anyone could go in the pyramid and sit in different places, different rooms at different levels in the pyramid, and they would resonate with a harmonic uh, resonance of a certain frequency that would aid you in your spiritual teachings. To this day, we know that those are true to be true to fact. <clears throat> we know that the different rooms resonate at a different frequency, which actually coincides with what Ross said the frequency would be in the different rooms and what they would be for. We know this. They've they I know that we know this because I know that they've gone in and, and checked this. You can look that up. L uh, look up shock, Dr. Shock and, and the stuff that that shock uh, um, calculated. From the inside of the pyramids. OK, <clears throat> so. So now the, and then in history, I said we'd get to that. And then in history was when the religion was changed. Right. And the one true God and they used. At the time, they used Aten, the sun, as the life bringer, as the symbol for the one true God. That's where the sun worship came in, the Akhenaten, right? And then, and but then you had like the Amun, right? Because you had the Amun Ra, Amun Re, right? Do you understand? And the and the Atens, and that the Aten was the life, and the Amun was obviously the darkness. You know, that's where you get the Amun, Amun Ra, right? And, and if you know Egyptian mythology. So you had the, the life bringer and the one true God. And the, and the people weren't quite sure that they liked that, right? <clears throat> so they eventually overthrew the, the uh, Pharaoh, murdered him, <clears throat> you know, and that was uh, uh, Tut's father. And that was usurped by Tut's mother and uncle, right? Eventually they killed Tut. To gain to take the power away from him. And they found that out. They, they looked and he was bludgeoned to death with a spiked hammer on the back of his head. That's how Tut's small reign happened. Ended. Same way his father. His father was murdered, he was murdered. But they did it to get rid of that religion and go back to the old ways of the many gods. Okay, so she's claiming that that entire pantheon was a false civilization fabricated illusion 
contrived by the old empire mystery cult called the Brothers of the Serpent. Okay. So there's her many lies, her little truth with many lies. That event kind of did happen, but it's not because it was part of the old empire. It's not because it was a false civilization. It's not because it was an illusion, because it had to be in her mind. It has to be because she doesn't believe there is one true creator that we're a part of. She's an atheist. Or she's in service to self. Therefore, anyone who's in service to self usually defies the idea that there is a God. Rarely do you have somebody who is in service to self who is completely, you know, uh, uh, religious or, or spiritual. Sometimes that happens because they believe God told them to murder people because they're wickedness. So sometimes, I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but it didn't happen here. So what she's doing here is she's pissing all over any Judeo-Christian religion. And that means That means the big five religions were based on that. The Hebrew religion was based on that. The Christian religion or Catholic and Christian religions were based on that, right? And uh, the uh, uh, Muslim religion was based on that. And then you have, you know, your Wiccanism, Paganism, Druidism. Those were all based on that. In fact, if you really take a look at the Eastern philosophical uh, thoughts, they're also based on that. But they're not directly based on Moses. The other three that I mentioned were based on the Moses character. Right and the and the stuff that was told by the Hebrews, by the Jews, right? So, or the Jewish people, I should say. I don't mean to be derogatory when I said the word Jew, right? So the so the Hebrew people, their religion spawned two other religions. Do you see? So she's those are the mainstream, and she even knows that if she's reading books in 1947, which I'm pretty sure one of them was the was the the Bible. Right? Yeah, my brother, uh, Jeff, right, literal brother in real life, 4,500 religions currently in the world. Currently. How many have there been? <laughs> right? Currently 4,500 religions in the world. So people, and that's why the religions on a master scale have been trying to keep people from going about their own way of figuring out and interpreting the Bible, because what happens is people create an offshoot in a different religion, and it fractures that even more so in their minds and takes money out of their pockets. The truth is, we need to have more people doing interpretation on their own, because the truth is, and the truth shall set thee free. The truth is, that's what Jesus wanted, what Jesus was trying to tell us. So was Muhammad. That you're the Savior. You need to look in with, within yourself. The way out of this panic room is to understand you're not in one. You just think you are. So the way out of this prison that she keeps talking about is the realization that you're not in one. And that, thank you, my brother Jeff, for bringing that up the way you did so that I would, so that I would actually, yeah, that was the next question. How many are there? But you bringing that up, talking about that religion, led me to realize that early on, Errol says, can you imagine the trouble if all the people in this prison all of a sudden realized that they were not in a prison? If you go back, she said that. So that was a, a Freudian slip in and of itself. Okay, the truth is, 
that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to realize I'm not actually in a prison. I actually am here to learn something that I'm, I did to myself. There's Peter again with his, (laughs) we read what Peter says. This is why Saturday is the seventh day, day six, the seventh day of the seven cycle of the, uh, regarding God day, the real day. Do you understand? Right. So, so, so Saturday, right. So that's why you have the sixth day and the seventh day, because on the seventh day, what the Lord rested, the God day, the real day. Okay. So, so that is also the cycle. You have the week cycle, right? And the same thing happens. You have the death and the rebirth. And this is what he's talking about there. Right? Then there again, you know, in, in a seven-day cycle, it starts over. So you have God's day, and that's the day you reawaken, right? And celebrate the sun, Sunday. Saturday, a lot of people don't realize that the Saturday is, people were like, oh, it was for Saturn, Saturn's day. Because they were Saturn worshipers. Right? No, I don't think that that's what Saturday was for. I think Saturday was the Sabbath day, and that's why you have the Seventh-day Adventists, which is what he's referring to here, having Saturday being the seventh day, because Sunday is the day of God. Sunday is the rebirth day. So the Sabbath shouldn't be on the day of God. It is on the Saturday, the day before. And that's why Saturday is the seventh day in the seven-day cycle, and God's day, Sunday, is the first day, not moon day, not Monday. Do you understand? That's that's why that cycle is, is the way it is. And that's why they're named that. So I don't believe that it was Saturn. I believe that it was the Sabbath. And then, but, you know, you could, you could also look at it and say they spelt it wrong uh, and that the Vikings had it right. And it was Surtur's rising, Surtur's day. Right. And that would be the death of the God because you have the underworld, the God of the underworld ruling for a short time nighttime, daytime, downtime, awake time. So, Saturday could have been a spelling error that has morphed into people believing it was Saturn's day when it was actually the, the, the uh, Viking word Sutur. Look up who that character is. That's the angel of death. That's the devil. That's the equivalent of, of you know, uh, of the god of the underworld, Satan. Do you see? So it's very simple and very logical that that that, that could be a possibility, that it wasn't Saturn worship. But it could have been Saturn worship as well, right? That could have been something left over from Saturn worship. Because the, because the possibility that Saturn was originally a, a blue star and that it's that it went supernova and that the Sol, the sun that is here now, was created and moved into place. Somebody did those things. Same thing with the moon. After Moldek blew up, somebody moved that into place so that our ecosystem would continue to work. Who did that? Well, either we did it or some foreign aliens took pity on us and drove it into place to keep the prison going 
or the alternative is that there is a collective mindset, whatever you want to call it, source, God, whatever makes you feel better and doesn't offend you to a collective consciousness on a positive level that are doing things in the universe. And this is not a goddamn prison. Let's continue. Of the brothers of the serpent, false meanings were invented to create the illusion of a false society to further reinforce the amnesia mechanism among the inmates in the earth prison system. Mystery is built. See, do you see how, how eloquent she just did that too? Let's, let's go over that real quick, right? False meanings were invented to create the illusion of the false society to further reinforce the amnesia mechanism among the inmates in the earth prison system. So what she's claiming now is that if you believe in God, because you would be leaving, you would be believing in this, this uh, fabricated illusion that the pyramid people and the, and the religions that respond from those people who were teaching one God, one true God, that that's the illusion. So you need to stay away from the belief that there is one true God in the universe because that's what puts you in the prison. That's what makes you in the prison. When the knowledge that you gain from that supposed God is the what is supposed to set you free. So what she's claiming here, without you realizing it, and if she says this and you listen to what she says, oh no then I need to believe there is no God. It's the only way out of this prison. That is the prison. That is the prison. What is hell but the separation and the lack of God's light upon thee. So when you are in hell, you are in a place spiritually and physically, that is the farthest possible place away from God's light or the universal source light or whatever you feel comfortable looking at that energy that created all that there is in the universe. Whatever name you want to put on it. I don't care. Insert your favorite fabricated name that makes you feel comfy, cozy, and like you're eating cookies and ice cream. Here. Okay? You can call it blue if it makes you feel better. I don't care. As long as we understand the parameters of what we're looking at. Rodney, welcome, my brother. Rodney McGalvery is in the audience. Those of you who don't know who he is, you need to look him up, right? He is a Templar knight. He is a, uh, um, a chemist, a, a, a alchemist, and he has a book in the Carl Jung Society. Welcome, my friend. Clapping for you. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> right? I, I would love to be having this conversation with Rodney. He and I were trying to work on a show, get it together so we could do a show once a week uh, and, and talk about this kind of stuff, right? We're going to call it, what we're going to call it, A Tale of Two Nights, right? You know what it was? Because I'm I'm knighted by the Roman Catholic Church, and he's, so I'm a, a Colombian knight, the Order of Columbia, and he's uh, an Order of Templar. Nights, <laughs> right? so we still should. I agree. I'm not kidding you. Um, I also want to get you in a conversation with with uh, um, with uh, Miguel uh, Pena. I want to get you on, on uh, at least, if not on air, uh, in the same room, you know, in the same chat room or something, or in the studio, so we can actually speak uh, with Miguel. You would love him. You guys would get along uh, stellarly, and I'd love to do like a roundhouse with the three of us. 
Um, seriously, <laughs> Miguel's not knighted, but he, he's, you know, he's super, uh, um, knowledgeable and knows everything about religions and things like that. And he can talk about everything like we can. I don't know if he, what he knows about alchemy or anything, but that would be really, really badass, bro. So we'll, we'll have to talk about that and then get Peter involved in the whole thing right there. They just pop in with a little, little wink there, get Peter involved in that too. Oh my God, that would be a webinar. Um, Right. So yeah, we'll, we'll seriously look into that guys. Uh, okay. So right. I know Julie's like, wow. Cause Julie, you've been in the room and talking to seen Peter, but you also been, I think here when we had Miguel on right last week, you were here. So you know what Miguel is like, I don't know if you know Rodney, but if you do, then that's why you're, that's amazing. Cause if you know Peter and Rodney and you've seen Miguel speak, uh, you know, yeah, I agree. Okay. So so here again, she's now saying that any ideology that is a Western Judeo-Christian uh, of belief is, is the trap to keep you in this prison. There again, there's a little bit of truth with the lies again. Again, she's obviously an atheist, and she doesn't want anybody getting anywhere near any ideology that there is any kind of higher power above her station ego oriented and she's supposed to be from the 12th dimension where she's just a ball of light yet she sounds just like an american just like a person in 3d reality who is in service to self odd strange now we we can assume that she's not the cia in the next room because the cia in the next room is trying to interrogate her so it's not, I said this before, it's not some CIA guy's buddies in a different military base going, man, we're going to fuck with our buddies over there, right? But the government's going to cover this whole thing up so no one's going to know that it was just us channeling to this woman and remote viewing in the brain of the, of the person there. We had all did that just to fuck with Bubba because he thinks aliens are real, right? I mean, come on. That, I mean, that would be funny. If it came out that the whole alien thing from Roswell, when somebody finally comes out and, and says, okay, here, here's the thing about Roswell, guys. That whole thing was a hoax, but it wasn't meant for any of you guys to get caught up in it. It was just a hoax from the CIA on the West Coast trying to fuck with the CIA guys in the Midwest. And, and so they like pretended there was a spaceship and they pretended it was an alien the whole time. It was one of our psychics sitting over in San Francisco office. And he was projecting into the little robot that was there that we had, you know, we've invented these little robots that you guys don't know about. And that little robot was, was then spilling all this information just to fuck with the guys. And there was this whole secret uh, a group that got together clandestine secret group that was invented out of this, the majestic 12, I refer to here during operation paperclip. And that whole thing went, that whole thing happened. So because that happened and it blew up that much, we had to fucking hide and go, okay, that didn't happen. We didn't just cause all of this to go and have the government spend hundreds of millions of dollars for 87 years trying to figure out if aliens are existed. Cause we were doing a fucking joke with a telepathic communicating CIA agent. Okay, so we got to keep quiet about that and let people think it's aliens. We don't give a fuck as long as it's not us. I'm not buying that that's what happened. <laughs> okay, so I'm buying the fact that this is an alien talking through this bio robot to this nurse, right? Because they tried everything they could do to cover it up forever. Didn't want anybody to know that it even existed. Okay, nothing to see here. Move along. 
And yet we still have this information. So I'm not trying to say this alien's not a real alien. I'm just saying, I think it is. And from what she's saying, she's in service to self and she doesn't believe that there is a God. And she's trying to make sure that we don't either by scolding us and telling us, well, your belief in that religion that was spawned from the pyramids and those people who lived there, which spawned Judaism, Christianity, and Muslim. Okay. The big three religions of the planet. That went on for 2,000 years hence. ...of lies and half-truths. Lies cause persistence because they alter facts which are comprised of exact dates, places, and events. When truth is known, a lie no longer persists. If the ex But see, now she's explaining that. And she love this. Now she's explaining to people, just in case you don't know what a lie is, let me, let me explain to you the definition of a lie. A lie is when I say, I mean, when somebody says something that's untrue, <laughs> that you don't have the knowledge of, and then they can lie to you. But then once you find out that knowledge, then the illusion is no longer there, and you know that the lie doesn't exist, right? So she's actually telling you the answer. Do you see how they put it in front of your face? Here's the, here's the code that breaks even what I'm saying to you. I'm going to be lying. I've been lying to you for two and a half hours or whatever it is now, two hours and 19 minutes. I've been lying to you for two hours, and 19 minutes, which is probably the course of like two or three months, depending on how long they had sessions. And let me explain to you what a lie is in case you don't know what that is. Blatantly saying now telling what she's been doing. The whole time. Exact truth is revealed. It is no longer a mystery. All of the pyramid civilizations of Earth were carefully contrived of layer upon layer of lies skillfully combined with a few truths. The priest cult of the old empire combined sophisticated mathematics and space opera technology with their theatrical metaphors and symbolism. All of these are complete fabrications of truth baited with the allure of aesthetics and mystery. Again, now reiterating... That that whole thing was a bullshit lie that was made up just to keep you in the lie, in the prison. But yet the teachings are the opposite. Do you see? The teachings are the opposite. They are ascension. They are about learning and becoming a higher person and graduating. The entire ideology of Judaism, Christianity, and Muslim I don't know how you would say that Muslimism doesn't sound right. Their entire, entire existence is based around the fact that there is one true God and you're supposed to try and be like that God and ascend back to that God. And here, here she is saying that is all a lie fabricated to keep you locked in a prison. So the belief that you are going to one day get out of the prison is your prison, she's claiming. That sounds like somebody trying to keep you from learning the truth. Don't look there. If you do, the devil will get you. And then she's telling you, this is how you lie to people <laughs> and not get caught. And then turns around and accuses, there's the little truth with many lies right there in your assumption and belief system of a God. Do you see how she's doing that? Let's continue. 
the intricate rituals, astronomical alignments, secret rites, massive monuments, marvelous architecture, artistically rendered hieroglyphs, and man-animal gods were designed to create an unsolvable mystery for the Isby prison population on Earth. The mystery diverts attention away from the truth that Isbys have been captured, given amnesia, and imprisoned on a planet far, far away from their home. The tr- See, and here again, there's some truth with her lies, right? The integral rituals, astronomical alignments, weird, weird that there is astronomical alignments. So somebody, again, think about this now. I'm sitting around. Rodney, I'm going to use you as, as my as my buddy Bubba, right? Rodney and I are sitting around and we're trying to think up a way. Well, we need this prison, right? So we got to have that. We got all these prisoners. We want to capture them. We want we want to be we want to be evil to them, sadistic. So we want to create this planet that's super super fucking hostile, or find one. Then we want to mind wipe them so they have amnesia and they don't get to know anything. And we're going to put them on the planet. But now. We're also going to make their bodies weak and feeble so they can die by a billion different things. (laughs) Wait, Rodney says, but won't that release their spirits then? And and then they're going to try and return. And I go, oh, shit. All right. Now we got to figure out how, what, what can we do there? And then Rodney and I, with our IQs that are about 35, we go, well, what if we set up these screens in different places with a whole bunch of gaps? Because we're not putting them in a biodome. And creating a complete biodome around them so that when they die and their and their spirit releases, they get to like say the ionosphere and they hit it and it becomes zapping them and they get reborn and there's no way to escape. We want to give them 50% chance of escaping. Right? And so then what we want to do, this is good. Okay, so we leave gaps out there so that they might not get caught. Right. Okay. Rodney, Rodney says, I'll put this up on the screen and read it. This whole thing reminds me of old school Gnostic uh, beliefs. And I still got to get that book so I can, I can read all the Gnostic gospels. Uh, But I I think it, it, it smacks of that, doesn't it? Right. So now we've created this prison. We've put you in a weak, feeble body on the most inhospitable planet in the universe way out in the middle of nowhere, away from all other civilizations, and you don't get to live very long, and the planet's trying to murder you. Now we have to recapture your soul, right? So instead of having a lockdown to where you can never get out of, you actually have a chance to escape. But then we'll still come find you. So now we're going to pay other blokes who have to sit around watching those gaps instead of just putting new machines up there that catch you like a fly trap. Zap. Oh, there he is. Put him back in a new body. He's mind wiped again. Nope. We're going to give you a 50-50 chance of getting away because we're sporting. We like to chase you down like a dog and hunt you. So now we have to have a bunch of people to watch you and hope they don't get drunk and fall asleep or get too high and fall asleep and you would get a escape because then they get in trouble. So then they're going to fly after you, catch you, convince you you're on some secret mission, bang you over the head, zap your ass and put you into a body to come back. Right now, on top of that, we want to not give them anything of our society, but yet we want to create a possible religious ideology that will also keep them 
away from everything. But what they're teaching is going to be is we're going to have them teaching growth spiritually. Did you love this, man? This is a great idea, Rodney. We're going to have we're going to have you learning spiritualism and believing the idea of one true God who is your savior. And we're going to give you a bunch of savior uh, uh, things coming around all the time. Right. And 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 I'll give you more ways to escape through this savior. But yet it's designed to trap you. Do you get it? Do you get it? Everybody get that? That is a moron coming up with moronic things. We do better with San Quentin and, and Alcatraz. Right? There's no, there's no, we don't, we, we, we put you in there. You know your ass is locked up. You're in a fucking nine by nine cell. If you're lucky, you get a 12 by 12 cell. You got another guy who's got a big thick neck guy named Gunther, who when you walked in, the first thing he said was bend over. So now you're Gunther's little bitch and you know it. And your clank, doors closed, food is brought to you, get up, you get an hour to go and walk in the fucking yard, get your ass back, go to get food, come your ass back, sit the fuck down, do nothing. That's a fucking prison. That's how you design a prison. So the prisoners who are so inept, lowest form of life in the universe, came up with a better prison to imprison ourselves in the prison than no than all you guys with your fucking brains and technology of the universe could ever come up with. Ergo, Earth is not a fucking prison. If Earth is a prison, it's also fucking flat. Okay? Earth is not a prison. <laughs> right? Rodney says, you're like Johnny Cash live from a spiritual prison, right? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, really? Okay. Thank you. Di the, uh, the diagnostic, he was saying Gnostic, but he was reading into his phone. Uh, Gnostic Gospels, the full box, are on YouTube. Well, then I will, that's what I will, there's my rabbit hole for this evening. Thank you, Peter. I was unaware of that. I will, I will, I never even thought to look it up on YouTube and freaking read it or listen to it. What am I, stupid? What am I, in a prison? Johnny Cash, that's hilarious, right? No, I'd be more like, uh, uh, what was his name? The, um, the guy, I can't think of his name anymore. Wolfman. Wolfman uh, Carruthers. Wasn't that his name? Here I am coming to you guys from Earth Prison. Tonight, we're going to have a great lineup for you. We're going to play Johnny Cash. Right? Johnny Cash coming up to you guys live. Ow! Right? <laughs> Riding the gravy train inside the Earth penal colony. Coming to you live on Orion Rising 1. <laughs> Good morning, Earth. <laughs> I never thought of it that way, brother. I, you know, I should do a comedy bit and, and do that shit. I, I'm more funny off air than I am serious on air, just so you guys know. I get over here and I turn off the switch that says comedy and turn on the switch that says piss people off <laughs> with politics. All right. So, again, this is Dr. Evil creating. Uh, and, you know, an easily escapable prison with two inept guards. It's not a fucking prison. Well, and it, it kind of is, but it's not a prison that was created by other three-dimensional aliens, okay? And, and that's the distraction. That's the prison, is believing that someone created you as a slave labor race or created this place to put you in prison. That's the prison. 
you are holding yourself here by believing you're stuck here. That was what we were going to do with our uh, webinar, Is Your Reality Getting in Your Way? We're still trying to hammer that through, but we'll probably name it something different. We may even keep the same name, don't know. But that's what we were trying to do with that webinar that we just couldn't do because of fire season here and my internet, and you guys know all about that already, right? The the fire season's almost over now. We're into October. They've they've only doing sorties once a, a week now. They were doing, you know, like I said before, 30 per hour, and that's 60 because there's one outgoing, one incoming, right? So the, the sortie is outgoing, incoming. So we would have literally every, what did I figure it out to be? Every minute and a half or every two, no, it was every three minutes, an aircraft flew either east or west over my place, going out to fight the fire and coming back to refuel and get new fire retardant or whatever. And that went on every day from, you know, June uh, through last week. That's no joke. And anybody that, that lives out here knows about that. That's just the way it is. That's life here. And then we have international airports where we have, you know, FedEx flying out and ground flying out and brown, uh, uh, you know, U.S. mail and then uh, international flights. Two international airports here, one business, one and one um, uh, public. Right. So you have because we have a we have, the you know, a, a business, uh, uh, you know, international airport. We have Sacramento International and then we have. Uh, and we have another one. I don't know what it's called. It's called like SAC, you know, SAC uh, Business International or something like that. And then two military bases within five, a five-mile radius. No, I'll give it a 10-mile radius. Mostly west of me. <laughs> All of them are west of me by, by, by a 10-mile arc. Okay? 10 miles from my spot. Head due south, first military base, and then, and then go west to north and when you go actually west to to, to uh uh west by northwest in that small arc is four aircraft bases that are capable of international travel militarily or civilian and the the all the planes for the state of california that fight fires in the state of california that's the hub for them because it's central geographically to the state north to south so that's the perfect place for them because they can get to L.A. as fast as they can get to the Oregon border. Do you understand? Or they can get to the ocean as fast as they can get to Tahoe. It's the exact same distance if you if you look at the state. So it's almost dead center in the state. That's why the state capital, Sacramento, is there. It's almost dead center, but it's a little north of dead center. But if you look at the mileage, you know, if you look on the map, it looks a little north of dead center, but if you go from Sacramento and go straight up to the border and go Sacramento straight down to the border of Mexico, you'll find that it's almost identically the mileage. So that's why they put it all of them here. Okay, so let's continue and listen to Errol's stuff for a minute. And we're going we're more already. I went an hour over and we're 11 minutes over. So, but I want to make some headway this week because last week we got off the subject and ended up with with uh, uh, Miguel and and. Um, um, what's his name on here? And we just all took questions for you guys and went crazy and talked about everything, right? That was fun, but we should have stayed on topic and then did that on another show. All right, here we go. Truth is that every single Isbe on Earth came to Earth from some other planetary system. Not one person on Earth is a native inhabitant. Human beings did not evolve on Earth. That's not true, okay? And there are some that actually evolved here. Right. There are some that evolved here, but the truth in her lies is that most of us graduated 
uh, from some place where they there was no 3D reality sufficient to handle uh, the us, and so we came here because this was the closest 3D reality that had people on it. Right now, my brother's calling. I think I can't see the phone from here. Yeah, he's on his way home. Hold on, I'm going to answer this really quickly. Hello. Yes, I am. Yeah, so let me let me, let me call you back because I'm going to get off here in about ten minutes. All right. All right. Later. Yeah, that was my brother. He says, "Are you still on air?" So I said, "Hello," because he was in the audience a little while ago. And you heard what I said. Let me call you back in a couple minutes. Okay. So. So again, now she's saying that that little bit of truth with the lies. Lies. You know, the the truth is. Most of the people that are on this planet, we all came from other planets. We didn't we didn't start here. Humans did evolve here, okay? And but there again, she has to propagate that same lie because otherwise then she has to say that there is something that happens naturally without them being in charge. Right? And, and so you notice how she keeps all of that out of the conversation, and she, but she's just trying to uh, uh, completely again say, well, you're stuck in a prison and you just nowhere for you to go. And we're going to get back to you in about 6,000 years or so. Right. And you guys will all still be here stuck. You'll just be in a different body when we decide to figure out how do we can, how we can save you. But right now we're on our way to the center of the galaxy or center of the universe with our invasion force to take over the whole universe. So maybe we'll come back for you then. Right. Bullshit. Bullshit, and I call more bullshit on that. And as my grandfather would have said, horseshit. Here we go. In the past, Egyptian society was run by the prison administrators or priests, who in turn manipulated a pharaoh, controlled the treasury, and kept the inmate population enslaved physically and spiritually. See, here's, again, some more truth with her lies. Right? Now, we know that the priest caste did usurp the all everything and turned everything into a secret and and you know but back then that's that knowledge was rodney knows this right with with what's his name uh, what's his what is his name Hermes trismegistus i know i'm not saying that right but it means three times three times wise three times great he had the secret knew the secret to masonry and these guys wanted it from him so bad, they ended up killing him over it and didn't get it from him. Right? So the knowledge of masonry was that valuable. I did say it correctly. Thank you. Because <laughs> some people say when I say Trismegistus that that's not the proper way of pronouncing that. And I thought you and I had already hammered that out, that you had said the same thing. Um, so, but it means three times, three times great or three times wise. And that was because he knew the three secrets. And it's just like the riddle of steel. If you go and watch the Conan, uh, read the Conan novels or, or watch the movie where they talked about the secret of steel. Again, that knowledge was sacred knowledge and hidden from people as a craft. And only the guys who knew that, the metalsmiths, knew the secret of steel. So they, they, they did that because they made money off of that. Nowadays, the knowledge of those things are commonplace, but you still only make money off them if you know how to do it. So we know that they, about it. We all know that, that uh, you know, masonry is a thing and that you have to know that shit. Carpentry is a thing, right? And only people who become carpenters are carpenters. 
only people who become neurosurgeons are neurosurgeons. So these things that before were secret are no longer secret. The knowledge is there, but you don't get it until you pay a lot of money for it. So it's still the same thing. The knowledge is still kind of there and it's secret. People aren't just, they're just not killing each other over it, but they kind of still do that. Like with beer and different recipes, people will, they have, they invent their own recipe for something and someone will kill them over it because that's going to make us a cash cow. Right? So we still have the same dynamic happening that was happening back then. So again, you know, she's just running on with telling a little bit of truth to prove that there is no God, because that's what she's doing here. She's the whole conversation that she has about this trap and how it was formed and what it was formed for is pointing her finger at all the the religions that are currently happening on this planet, especially the big three. When you say Christianity, you have to remember, like my brother said, there's 4,500 different religions currently. Right. So you and how many of those are Christian? How many of those are offshoots of Muslim? How many of those are offshoots of of uh, of uh, uh, Hebrew? Because if you look at the Hebrew religion, the Muslim religion, and the Christian religion are offshoots of those. And then it goes back further than that to Mesopotamia. We know that to Samaria. We know that. OK, so all of these religions have morphed and 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 been recycled over and over in the different parts have made different religions over and over and over again. So well, that's the old guard coming up with new ways to confuse us by giving us something that seems to be new, but it's not. They're all the same thing. So I even realize that. I realize there are more similarities in every religion than there are differences. In all of the religions. I realize that I'm not the freaking smartest person in the entire universe. And I realize that. Okay. So again, an easily escapable prison with two inept guards is not a fucking prison. Right. And all of that, her best thing is without saying it is, Oh, and by the way, there is no God. I am your God. She's not saying it, but she's scolding us for thinking there is. In modern times, the priests have changed, but the function is the same. However, now the priests are prisoners too. Mystery reinforces the walls. Wait, she already she already prefaced all of that by saying that the prisoners were in charge of the prison. And that's what made it even crazier. So now she's saying it again. Well, the, the, the priests now don't realize that they're also prisoners, but but they do. Openly, they know that. And they knew that then. Do you see? That's why this is not a penal colony. I'm not buying it. ...of the prison. The old empire feared that the Isbis on Earth might regain their memory. Therefore, one of the primary functions... Okay, hold on now. So they created this prison to wipe our memories and then created a shoddy prison and then tried to catch us to wipe our memories and created a shoddy way of catching us where it took another oversight committee to come in and stop us, then created all the religions and all the ideas on earth, which is also supposed to stop us. None of that is working. And now they're worried that we're going to remember. Okay. So how is it that these people that are obviously morons created this prison a bazillion, gazillion, quadrillion, million, million, million years ago, and we're and she's saying we're so fucking stupid that we couldn't figure out how to escape from an easily escapable prison with two inept guards when they themselves were panicking. 
going, I think, oh, man, they might wake up, dude. They might wake up, dude. I don't know, man. We need to smoke some more pot here and think about this, man, because they might wake up anyways, man. They got us in a stakeout, man. I'm telling you, they're just there. We're the ones that are in prison, not them, man. Dude, you might be right, man. Maybe they're the wardens and we're the actual prisoners, man. I don't believe that for a fucking second. Okay? They're superior. Operators of the prison system and their superiors do not want Isbees to remember who murdered them, captured them, stole all their possessions of the old empire priesthood is to prevent Isbees on Earth from remembering who they really are, how they came to Earth, where they came from. The old empire operators of the prison system and their superiors do not want Isbees to remember who murdered them, captured them, stole all of their possessions, sent them to Earth, gave them amnesia, and condemned them to eternal imprisonment. Imagine what would happen if all the inmates in the prison suddenly remembered that they have the right to be free. What? See, now here again, she's saying that. Imagine what would happen if all of the inmates in the prison suddenly remembered that they have the right to be free. We already know that. Did we all, did we not know that in 1947? I wasn't around, man. Were, were there that many people that were that unspiritual? You know, you might be right. She might be right about that part. But there again is some truth with with her lies. Imagine what it would be like if the if that would happen if all of the inmates in the prison suddenly remembered that they have the right to be free. What if they suddenly realized that they have the they have been falsely imprisoned and rise up as one against the guards? What if they suddenly realized that they have been falsely imprisoned and rise up as one against the guards? They are afraid to reveal anything that looks like the civilization of the inmates' home planets. A body, a piece of clothing, a symbol, a spaceship, an advanced electronics device, or any other remnant of civilization from a home planet could remind a being and rekindle his memory. Sophisticated technologies of entrapment and enslavement, which were developed over millions of years in the old empire, have been applied to the Isbees on Earth with the intention to create a false facade for the prison. Okay, so wait now. She just said that anything that was familiar would cause them to wake up. Yet, in 1947, she said that at that time, all of our technology, all of our architecture, all of our cars and trains and planes and automobiles and bears and lions and tigers and bears, oh my, was all remnants of the old empire. So is so, but she still says we're useless and hopeless and we're completely lost. So she's claiming that we already are developing everything from the old empire, which is reminding us of the old empire, which ergo would mean that we all wake up. Well, maybe that's what caused our waking uh, awakening that we're doing now. But the problem here is that most people on this planet don't believe that they're slaves. Most people on this planet believe that they're free. So her little scenario of the people realizing they're free and rising up against the guards would have already happened and we would already have our freedom now. If this was a prison. So if this was a prison, the amount of people on this planet that already know this stuff would already be rising up against their oppressors 
because I would be. That's the easiest way out of here is for me to get out, come back in and go, guys, here's the way. Come on. And then two or three people would follow me. And pretty soon they'd go back and go, dude, I've seen the other side and we're free. Do you understand? But we're still not able to do that. Why? Not because we're in a prison, because we already have the realization that we are, that we are free and that we know that we were free. And even in 1947, we knew that we had free will. So I'm not buying this crap that you guys already knew. You guys actually figured out that you were stuck here, but yet you're still not able to figure out that you're, uh, you know, to, to come together as one and fight against the bad guys so that every time you escape the easily escapable prison and you don't get caught by the two inept guards, but you do get caught because nobody escapes. That's what she's claiming. Right. From this easily escapable bullshit prison with crappy ass technology that's not working and crappy ass stoner dudes who don't give a shit about catching us who catch us sometimes. And what they, but then nobody else is getting out of here because if they did, somebody would get out and go, we need to go get somebody and come back and free them. Do you understand? I would, wouldn't you? You wouldn't say, Oh wait, what I want to do then is to help free them is let you take that little zappy thingy and point it at me. You guys all put on your sunglasses and point that thing and say, look here and the little red dot and you press a button and there's a flash of light. And then I'm reborn again. And I have no idea why I did all that. That's how, that's why I'm going to volunteer to do that, to come back to help people. And I'm so put me back in the matrix and take away all my memory. That's what I want to do. And and I'm going to buy that when I'm out somewhere they're like, no, you're in a secret mission. You're a secret spy and agent. And you're supposed to go down there and wake those people up. But wait, so what you're saying to me is that I, I get completely mind wiped and I don't know that. Oh no, we'll let you remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Just look here, look here quickly, look here. No, not buying it. Not buying it. Right. That's a, that's a men in black movie. These facades were installed on earth in totality all at once. Every piece is a fully integrated part of the prison system. This includes a religion of mumbo-jumbo doublespeak. See, now she's getting onto the religion. In case you weren't catching all the stuff she was saying before that was attacking your monotheistic religion, now she's including a religion of mumbo-jumbo doublespeak. Here we go. Every pyramid civilization. You see, the reason that they equate that with the pyramid is because if you read the law of one, that was where this whole entire way of thinking, Judeo-Christian way of thinking was introduced to the people. And it was and it was during that time of Ramses II with Moses. Okay. And at that exact time when this whole ideology was invented, you had people on both sides lying to Moses. Well, one was telling the truth, the other one was lying, and, and then the, the religions were created and then usurped by evil people and then corrupted to become money-making machines and basically trying to keep you from actually ascending, right? And you just needed your asses in the seats to pay them money. And that's what the institutions are now. It always have been. Corrupted quickly and easily. When Jesus was here, when Muhammad was here, it was clear to both of them that the, chirps, the churches were usurped by evil men to have a cash cow and make money. They both knew it. And that's why they both fought over it. And that's why they came after them. Jesus sacrificed himself. Muhammad split before they could catch him. All right. Every pyramid civilization uses this as part of a control mechanism to keep the population enslaved by force, by fear and by ignorance. Okay. That's where we're going to quit is on, on right there at the beginning the end of chapter nine, 
part one and we'll pick up right here uh, next week. It's a good stopping point. Two minutes, two hours, 22 minutes, 57 seconds. Let me write that down. So I remember where we are. Okay. So that's where we'll pick up next time. But you see, Everything that she did led that entire, this whole session was her attacking Western Judeo or just Judeo Christianity altogether. Right. And everything that came for the thousands of years after that, that spawned out of, and that's where our Tolmans start. Think about that. The Tolmans that we still have around that she had access to, which would be the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, and maybe at that time they might've had a Muslim Bible there. Right? I doubt it. So she's starting the whole entire story from the creation of Christianity or the creation of, of Judaism. Okay? And, and claiming that all of that was put there to enslave us. So everything was put in place to enslave us, yet our slave masters were still like, man, no matter what we do, man, I'm worried they're going to remember, man. Think about that. When we can create a penal system where we just take away everything you got, every right you have, and put you in a cage, lock you in there, and then take care of you, give you food and water and a bed and, and medical and all that stuff, just so you live there in solitude in a harsher environment than it is out here where everybody's at each other's throats and trying to kill each other and they have to create their own hierarchy there because most of the people there are in service to self. That's how they got there. Right? So now you're in the conditions with all evil people. 99% of them are evil because they've all done something wrong to get there. There's maybe not 99%. Let's say 90 because we know that we, we claim that 10% of people that go to jail are innocent, which would suck. Right? To, you know, And we saw that this just happened not too long ago. They let a guy out was in prison for 35 years, less than a month ago. Maybe it was two months ago. He was in jail for 35 years and he didn't do it. And the forensics were very, were finally good enough to where somebody looked in it because he, he was looking into it, became a lawyer on for himself and was re going over the case. And we had new uh, technology and the new technology showed that he was not the person who that they thought he was and it had to let him out of prison. Good for him. We need to pay that man for the rest of his life. He should be taken care of. He shouldn't have to work. He shouldn't have to do anything. He should be on double social security. So he actually has decent money coming in or the government should like give him a million dollars. Right. You go through that kind of a hardship for 35 years and then prove your innocence. You deserve to have the rest of your life handed to you by the people who locked you up. That's my opinion. Right. That's my opinion purely, but come on, man, that's a big fuck up, but that's usually done by, Evil people too. Look, I've talked so long that it's not light enough in my room anymore. And I have two lamps on. I have to go and turn the one on behind me to so you guys can see behind me. I have the window uh, blinds open, but it's getting dark out there. So now the background's dark. That's a cue for me to get the hell off this this thing over here. So coming to you live from Penal Colony Earth. <laughs> this is Orion Rising. I'm your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into this show. You guys have a great weekend. Right. And remember, the earth is not flat. This is not a penal colony. This is a test. You're in a panic room inside of a panic room inside of a panic room, maybe inside of a panic room. I'm not quite sure yet.
Okay. And the way out of here is not looking out for a savior. There's no one going to show up unless you, unless you invite the vampire in, nobody's going to show up and say, I created you because there's seven races out there. Now they're, that are cre- they're saying that we cre- I created you I created you I created you I want to get a, I want to get all seven of those aliens on my show, right? And go okay, which one of you really did it? That's just like all the people who believe they're Jesus Christ. I want to get them on the show. One of you is not telling the truth, <laughs> or I should say, one of you is. Same thing with with uh, 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 people who believe that they were uh, King Arthur. I have personally met four people in my lifetime who and they're still alive, and they believe they were King Arthur. I want to get four, what, two of them, three of them, or all four of them. I'd love to get them all in the same room and go, okay, you guys have some explaining to do. Somebody here isn't exactly telling the entire truth, right? Because all four of you claim to be one person. Now, are you all pieces of that one person? Or all, or do you all believe, in fact, that you are? Let's have that out. Let's hash that out. You guys talk amongst yourselves, and I'll watch. <laughs> Let me ask you questions. All right. Okay, guys. Have a great night. It's been fun. Um, like I said, you saw with Rodney, I might be trying to get him uh, on a show to do something on a regular basis. And same thing with Miguel. Um, same thing with Peter. So uh, we might get back to doing the webinars. I'm not quite sure because, you know, I, I don't like going long. That's the problem that I had. I wanted to do the webinars. And the problem that I had doing the webinars is that that's a lot of time for me to be in here. Like now I'm two and a half hours in and my mother's been out there without me to talk to her or anything. And I just set her in front of a TV and turned the news on for her. And she's just watching that. Right. And, and, and you know, and dinner time's coming up. So when I was doing those big webinars, uh, if I was not in charge, I could just walk away <laughs> and just would you leave the thing going and walk away and go and interact with my mother and get her some food and do all that. But when I'm doing producing the webinars, I have to be here all the time. And I can't do those long webinars. I well, I could, but it would be bad for me to do that to my mother. So uh, I don't know if we'll be doing any webinars. If I do, there'll be short ones like we were discussing. But just doing a show for a couple of hours. Uh, with with everybody's probably what I'm going to be what I'm going to be doing for now uh, until I move in with a family to get someone else to babysit mom. Then I can travel and do all the other stuff that I've been planning to do. Uh, and if that's not what is what is in store for me, then that's not what I do. I just continue doing what I'm doing here and work with people uh, offline. I do more working with people behind the scenes than I do talking on here. Right. So whatever. We'll see what happens. Okay, guys. Have a great night. I'm also doing speaking engagements. I have one coming up in November where I'm, you know, and I probably uh, will be on, um, you know, Dino's show now that he's doing his show. I'm sure at one at one point he'll have me on as a guest, right? And I'll have Dino on, I'm sure, from uh, Paranormal Into the Night. Uh, I don't know what happened. He had a show scheduled for uh, Thursday yesterday, and he postponed it till next Thursday, but I didn't ask him why. Um, maybe the guest couldn't make it. Maybe there was a mistake. I just did that. Right. I just did that. I had uh, had a show scheduled for Wednesday and um, my mother was having like three or four really bad days uh, starting on the weekend. Uh, and I forgot, completely forgot I had booked a show for noon my time on Wednesday until I looked at my phone at 3 p.m. And I was like, oh, my God, and this woman was in England. I was like, I am so sorry. 
my mother was having a bad day. I'm her, her caregiver. She has Alzheimer's and she was bad, bad three days. And now she's back to uh, having good days. It happens. You know, she have a good day for a month or a week or a day. I don't know. And then she has a bad day or maybe two or three. Right. And things just get a little weird and then it changes. So that's what happens with the roller coaster of Alzheimer's. And so that keeps me from doing a large venue like I was doing before back in April and May. Right. <clears throat> okay, guys. Thank you. I love every one of you who come on here and listen to my bullshit. <laughs> Pass this on uh, to everybody. I'm going to go down that rabbit hole tonight, Peter, Mr. Coyle from Ireland. Thank you for letting me know that I can get the, the Gnostic Gospels. Uh, and I, I also got an Emerson, the only Emerson book that Emerson actually was alive when it was published. All the other books that are on Emerson and his family putting to get things together or his foundation, putting things together and putting it out there. So I got Emerson's uh, one book uh, and I started reading that. And Rodney and I were, were doing, uh, talking about going to be doing the Necronomicon. And I have that copy of the Necronomicon that I bought. Uh, and he, I think you downloaded me a couple more, right? Or I downloaded a couple more. So we have like three versions of that. That Rodney and I were going to break that down like we're doing with this, right? So we still may do that. Right. It's just Rodney and I, he's been doing his thing. I've been doing mine because of all this craziness. He's been off doing his thing and we haven't been able to hammer that out. That means that the universe doesn't want it right then. Right. So that's the way I flow. That's the way I, you know, I ebb and flow with the, with the universe and, and let the universe decide it's great ideas. We both want to do it and he knows it. I know it. Uh, just like I was saying, get it, you know, having him on with Miguel at some point, the universe will figure that out and go, this is what you guys are going to do and how you're going to do it. And then it'll come together and we'll do it. Right. So I don't worry about trying to force things to happen because that's usually when you come up against oppositions when you try to force it. The universe is allowing you to do it in their time, uh, the time that the universe wants it to be told to the people. And when that happens, it'll happen because it was supposed to. All right, guys, have a great night. Um, I love you guys and I'll see you on the flip.